You're listening to the Nerd Table, part of the CKCC Radio family of podcasts. Find us wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hello again, friends, and you are our friends, and welcome to the Nerd Table. Pull up a chair, have a seat, join us at the table, pull out your Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh! or Magic the Gathering cards, whatever you want to play. I don't know if anybody played those at your lunch tables, but they sure played them at mine. I am Chris O'Mealy, and I am joined by my two co-hosts in crime. Of course, my other podcasting co-host, Dan Peck, sitting off to my right. Hello, Dan. It is a menace. And the newer podcasting co-host, but still podcasting co-host, because we've got a theme park show now, that's Eric Flores. Hi, Eric. How are you? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. How are you? I am good. I'm I'm especially good today because I ate before we started recording. You've you done it, son of a bitch. You've done it. <laughs> I know. I've I've actually have food in me, so I'm I'm full and happy and and, well, and just I do not. <laughs> well, we're recording a little later in the day. I had some uh, obligations I had to get to, and I had to push the recording time back. But it is a beautiful Friday. the The birds are chirping. the uh, the cl- The clouds in Pennsylvania are threatening rain all over the place. I don't know what yeah. it's like outside it's your house. It's going to be light rain today and full-on thunderstorms tomorrow. Uh, I don't. Have, I I don't have to leave the house, so I don't love. Yeah, it. me neither. So yeah. <laughs> I already left the house. I I did my errands and I got food and I filled up my my tank with gas, so I'm I'm good to go. I had sheets for lunch, which is the greatest gas station ever. And Wawa can eat it because Sheets is better than Wawa. And I will fight and debate anybody about that. If you have ever been to Pennsylvania or any areas that have a Sheets, I dare you to go to Sheets. I dare you to try their food and then try and tell me that Wawa is somehow better because you will be wrong. Listen, I don't care if it's a Wawa or a Sheets. I'll take either because all I have is Speedway. I'm so sorry. That's just it. Speedway is everywhere, but they're not good. They're <laughs> There's not. nothing there. around here. The people like, in Jersey always chime in. They're like, well, we got quick check. And I'm like, good for you. Still not sheets. I mean, just I, I, I'll just go to like a 7-Eleven or something, which still kind of boggles my mind that they're like the 7-Elevens up here aren't gas stations. They're just little convenience stores. But, you know, it's whatever. But Well, I I associate 7-Eleven more as a convenience store than a gas station anyway. I associate 7-Eleven more as a gas station than a convenience store because that's how it is in Florida where everything's fucking backwards. Because everybody tells me the same thing. Everybody's just like, no, it's it's a convenience store. I'm like, no, it's a gas station. It really is, yeah. Well, that's the other thing is, like, whenever we talk about sheets, I'm never talking about the gas, ever. I'm talking about all the food you can get, the, the Boss Bacon Burger that I had, which has the Boom Boom sauce on it. And it's so ah, good. Boom Boom! It's so good! Also, so I got a chicken sandwich, too, and they made the best error ever. So I ordered my chicken I ordered my chicken sandwich with lettuce and pickles. Okay. They did not give me the lettuce. Would you like to know what they gave me instead of lettuce? 
a cheeseburger. Extra, extra chicken. Bacon. Bacon. That's fucking perfect. <laughs> and I didn't pay for it because it because the receipt specifically said lettuce and pickles and not bacon. So they gave me bacon on my chicken sandwich and I was like, I didn't order this. And I was like, I didn't pay for this. Oh, <laughs> we're out of less. Give him bacon instead. What That's is a... the tastiest animal? That's it. What's uh, it's between a pig and a cow, right? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah. Between those two, I'd say the pig, but I, I would also say that like chicken because chicken is fucking in tasty. There? I mean, I'm so, I went to college, so I had chicken nine meals out of ten. Okay, but so. like you can do more <laughs> with the pig than you can with the chicken. With the chicken, it's basically you grill it or you fry it, and there's not too many other variations of that. But pigs, man, you can get ham or bacon. Or oh, oh, well, yeah. That's what we're talking about the, between the the pig and the cow is there's there's, there's different styles of meats. I'm right. Mean, there's there's, there's, steak, there's, beef. there's cow ass, literal just, cow ass. I guess just I give bacon. the edge to the pig because bacon, right? Bacon is the best Bacon's of all like, meat. Great on everything. You can literally sprinkle it on like ice cream, and it's still good. It, it doesn't matter what you have. You can add bacon to it, and it's still fucking fantastic. Yeah, they bacon make is the king candy of, so bacon. Think, yes, they do. I've had it. I don't know if I could ever do like bacon slathered in chocolate, though. I don't know if I would like that. Don't know. Bacon's so great. It. You can make soap out of it. That's true. <laughs> Bathe in bacon. Bacon soap. <laughs> I feel like so, the dogs around yeah. your neighborhood are going to love you. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of dogs in my neighborhood too. I I kind of wish we had one so I could go out and walk my dog and be with all the uh, the neighbors and everything. There's so many dogs and they're all cute and I love dogs and I want to pet all the dogs. Where where my dogs at? Where are they at? Who let <sighs> them all out? Who? Oh, all right. All right so, we'll stop that. We'll stop. I, that. I, I don't. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to I don't want to embarrass the person who told me this, but somebody I know just recently found out that who let the dogs out was not actually about literal dogs. And it blew their mind when they realized what the song was really about. <clears throat> and about a I bunch of that, ugly girls being in the club. And I thought that was really funny. Uh, I, I love when people realize stuff. Possibly too late, <laughs> but uh, guys, what you guys can do is go to ckccradio.com and check out all of the awesome shows that we have to offer. There are plenty. The website is still being constructed as we record this. Uh, this is a much more daunting process than I wanted it to be, but I have been enjoying getting stuff done and building it up, and soon you'll be able to access just... One feed, one website to get all the podcasts and get direct links to them. But, of course, ckccradio.podbean.com is the main page. You can go to that. You can check out all the cool stuff. And you can subscribe to the feed to get the notifications or go to the website. And then you can pick and choose your shows and which episodes you want to listen to. 
And that's the, the, the fun thing about building all this stuff up is having that one place to go. And I want to thank everybody who continues to support us. We are approaching 10,000 total channel listens. And that's really, really cool. We have nine active patrons now. So our patron channel is growing. We're just getting bigger and bigger. And to Robert, Randy, Adrian, Glenn, Jay, and Jeff, I want to specifically thank you guys and give you your guaranteed shout outs for being awesome patrons. And I plan to release some new content for you guys very soon because Eric has agreed to join me for a couple of straight shooting episodes because he's got opinions about stuff, too. I wish I was old enough to feel ways about things. <laughs> Aren't you older than the two of us? Combined? Uh, ment- no. Me- mentally. Mentally. Oh, maybe God he's younger. <laughs> he might be younger mentally. I don't know. I don't know how this works. Um, I mean, probably emotionally. Possibly. <laughs> so you, you're doing a, a Pixar watch through right now of all the, the Pixar movies you haven't seen. Yeah. And uh, some of the ones you're missing destroyed me emotionally. But then I was like, oh, but this is Dan we're talking about. And he don't he don't cry like Chris does. So now I'm not so sure if you're going to have feelings for these movies. And I'm not sure how I'm going to feel when you're just like. Yeah, that's a thing that I watched, and yeah, I definitely one of the ones I watched yesterday. I definitely did not feel as deep as most people did. And which one was sure. that? That would be Wally. Uh Wally is great. It is really good. It is incredibly good. It's it's the best silent film ever. There's yeah. nothing, there's nothing <laughs> for like twenty minutes, and then it's just Eva and Wally. <laughs> for like the next 15 minutes and then we finally meet the the, the baby people <laughs> it's so funny too and it's funny without doing like doing a lot with it and there is exactly uh like seven credits obviously yeah. somebody had to voice wally and eve but like jeff garland's the captain fred willard plays the ceo yeah, and you, it's actual Fred Willard in a, on videotape. Yep. John Ratzenberger. <laughs> I, was like, and, I was like, oh my goodness, there's like actual people in this movie. Uh, John Ratzenberger and Kathy Najimy are the, the two humans. Sigourney Weaver's the computer, which is great casting. And then, of course, for, for auto, they use the Macintosh system, which is great. Yeah, I mean, use a computer voice for the computer voice, right? On the Axiom, we will survive. For the creepy computer The robots are funny as hell, too. Mo, the little cleaner robot. Yes. All he does is clean. Foreign Uh, contaminant. (laughs) I love the robot rebellion, where all all the broken robots go nuts, and the the one thing that's like a, a massage robot just destroys all the security bots, just goes apeshit on them. And he's doing like the, the, the out of breath part where he's still taking, you know, like you've just, you've just slain the horn of zombies and you're out of breath and one starts to crawl up and you take it out again. There's a lot of good laugh out loud moments on Wally too. And isn't that exactly what would be, what would become of humanity is they just give up and become fat and lazy well, yeah, as soon as I saw the hover chair for the old people, I was like, oh, that's that's the end. 
Yep. But they even like predict it. Because it's there's, there's the, yeah, there's the message that he sends to to the captain, and he's like, "You might have had some bone density loss," and it shows that they're giant. They, that they even predict they're going to become giant babies. Right. I, I uh, when I first saw those good. hover chairs, I uh, I was just like, "I want one." <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you'd become the was it Hed- hedonist or hedonism bot from Futurama, or <laughs> he's yes. just like the walking couch. Yes. Uh, oh, how delectable! <laughs> oh man, the future looks good, and of course, what my favorite thing about the whole the whole Wally humanity thing, I'm like, you know, that's not even humanity. That's just America right there. That's all that is. Is that's exactly what well, I mean? Want. Essentially, Walmart takes over the entire world, right? Yep. That's the idea, right? By and large, by and large. At, at this point, by and large is just Amazon. Or yeah, or Amazon. Yeah, dude. I also love uh, Wally discovering all the human trinkets that he finds. Like he throws the ring out and keeps the box. Yeah. Or when he finds the bra. And he just keeps things in the because he lives in the thing in the dropship he was originally brought in, and he just keeps it in the other cubbies that the other Wallies were supposed to be in. But since they've all broken down by now, and he's the only one left, he could just do whatever he wants with the entire dropship. Basically, yeah. Well, that's, we even that's... see another Wally like like four or five minutes into the movie, he comes across another Wally that's like embedded in the ground or whatever. Right, because the whole idea is that they shut off all the robots, but one never got turned off, and he was around for so long that he developed a personality. With his cockroach best friend. Of course, because what else would survive the apocalypse? <laughs> Look, it keeps like, he runs over it, he gets shot by Eve. No, he always survives. Dude, when he runs over the cockroach and then screams, I remember laughing hysterically in the theater. There were people like gasping in horror over that. <laughs> By the way, when I saw Wally in the theater, they brought out, um, oh God, I forget his name. Eric, you might remember the little talking trash can that they'd have in Tomorrowland. Oh yeah, I don't know his name either, but I, I know you're talk- uh, what you're talking about. Yeah. So, so Dan, what they have is they have this remote controlled trash can and they've got a guy operating it who's you know using like a remote microphone and so the little trash can will roll up to you and actually speak to you and you can you know it's an actual trash can push push thank you you looked it up google is our friend all right before we get into other like pixar movies real quick because you just mentioned the google thing so i want to bring this up because i was having this conversation with people and people are kind of on one side of the fence here if you go to like Facebook and you ask somebody a question and their first response is to Google it, does that just send you into a friggin' like, does that enrage you? Because that pisses me off. Because the reason I'm asking people on social media is because Google didn't present the answer that I wanted. So now I'm asking my friends for advice because I always Google it first. So anytime I see that, I like, I get thrown into like a rage. You know, like I usually want personal experience. Or, you know, somebody that actually knows something firsthand or something, right? Like, Yes. And I'm not going to say which one of my friends is the the biggest offender here. Although Dan could probably figure out who it is. Because I got two on the top of my head. You're probably right. But 
somebody always has to chime in with the Google it, you know, or, or blah, blah, blah. Or, well, I went to Google and found this, like being arrogant about it. Be like, okay, cool. I went to Google and found that too, and it didn't answer my question, which is why I'm here. So anytime anybody pulls that crap on me, I'm always snarky with them back because I feel like I should be. Now, if I'm asking you something like, what time does Walmart close? Then you can tell me to Google it because I probably should have done that. Because that's a dumb question. If you're asking me a question that Google could answer easily, like something with a factual response... You know, how old is the Earth? Well, if you Google Earth age, it will actually tell you. In fact, that's like the, the big thing about Google, right? Is like sometimes it it comes up without even having to click on anything. Let's see. Yeah. Four, 4.543 billion years. I don't even have to click on anything. It just told me that. So, yeah, obviously you know that. Funny would... about your first question there. Is that until a year ago, Walmarts didn't close. That's true. Well, some Walmarts did. It depended on the Walmart in the town you were in. Because the Walmarts in Sussex County always closed. But then I discovered 24-hour Walmarts. So. You know, everybody gives Walmart shit. But, like, Walmart's pretty great. Like, you could just go and get whatever you need from Walmart. It's like a, like a, a front, front-loaded store of goods that, you yeah, you can get cheaper online, but it's, it's readily available right now. Like, oh, yeah, that's, that's the thing, right? Like, you can order anything online, but then you got to wait for it to show up. Right. Worst I mean, thing about buying something on Amazon is having to wait for it. Like the best thing is that I did it on the toilet. I don't have to leave the house. I could just order it from home. Yeah. Right. Yes, I, but if I, I did go it. to the Walmart that's ten minutes away, I could have the item within the hour. And 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 I know people are just like, Yeah, but what about the people of Walmart? And I'm just like, Well, that's that's the thing, right? Like that's what most people don't like are the people. Not it's not the Walmart, it's it's the fucking people. And people are shitty everywhere, so I can't necessarily blame that on Walmart. They just happen to be there because things are so cheap. We worked for Disney. We know exactly we know. what that's like. We know. And you guys worked retail, you know. You know. Everyone knows. I mean, our our poor friend Katie was just posted a thing on on social media where she like people will act like they can't understand her under their mask. So they remove their mask to talk to her and be like, I'm sorry, I can't understand you. So they take their mask off, which is you have to be a friggin Neanderthalic idiot to to do something like that. But this is the reality that we live in. Well, yeah. I got to turn that. Turn the stereo down so I can read street signs. I, I get that one. I, I see that one a lot, but that's a concentration thing, and I understand that. You're you want to you want to be able to, to hyper focus real quick, so you turn it down and just be like, "All right, okay, we're good." And then you'll have you, to uh, speak up. I'm wearing a towel. I still do yes. this on occasion where I turn down the radio whenever I see the cop, even though it's not like loud or anything or i'm not doing anything illegal i just see a, i see a cop and i'm just like oh and i turn down the volume and i'm like wait why why did i just do that because you're playing fuck the police 24 7 dude 
Uh, it's it's <laughs> terrible fear I have. Well, like fucking Florida police pull you over for anything. Your tent's too dark. And like it's 150 degrees outside. Leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> and my tent's dark so I don't burn instantly when I go inside my car. <laughs> That's one way of looking at it. I mean, am I wrong? I'm not. But like seriously, you know how it is in Florida. You get into like you you accidentally touch your seatbelt. Oh. God forbid that happens. Fucking touch the metal part of your seatbelt. And I'm burned. Yep. They're just like, oh, man, <laughs> like you burn yourself ironing? Like, no, just driving in my car. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I have the list of all 23 released Pixar movies in front of me. I have it as well, because I have to remember I've watched so many in the last week. Yes. So real quick, we'll go through the I've seen all but two so I can comment on everything. I am two. missing four. And uh, of course, we'll, this is a future episode of Chris ranks the universe. So I'm not going to rank them because we are going to do this as a Chris ranks the universe. And when does Luca Luca comes out in June and then. OK, so maybe by the end of the year, I'll be able to get this done. There'll be 24. All right. Oh, yeah. Cause they're going to want you to pay 30 bucks to see that movie. <laughs> uh, uh, plex anyway so we'll move on and we'll dis- we'll we'll run through the list of films we'll discuss if you've seen them if you liked them if you didn't like them and uh we'll talk about what we like what we didn't and we'll mention john ratzenberger for every single one of them how about that <laughs> this is my favorite <laughs> at the end of cars hey they're just using the same actor for every in every movie <laughs> All right, so let's start with 1995's Toy Story, the first computer animated film ever made. And if you watch it back now, you it is starting to show its age, but that's okay. I'm okay with that because I like watching stuff that's a product of its time. And considering when it came out and what the technology was in 95, it's still very impressive. To put it in perspective, Windows 95. All right, think Windows 95. I mean, that's <laughs> what they were making with, right? With 3.1 and 95. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you didn't you didn't have much. Uh, Memba Windows 95? I do. Chip's uh, challenge, baby. Oh, my in, God. In video game terms, what was the console that was out, like, around 95? It was basically still I, Super Nintendo, right? Because... Maybe PS One was out. Yeah, I, I was think PS One was either ninety. I think it was ninety six. No, maybe I'm thinking of something else. Ninety. I think it was ninety five. They came out before sixty four, and that was ninety six. Okay, maybe I was thinking of the sixty four. PlayStation One came out in North America, 9th of September, nineteen ninety five. Okay, so the PlayStation One legit just came out a few months before Toy Story. A month and a half before Toy Story. (laughs) (laughs) Or no, two and a half months before Toy Story, yeah. Alright, so we all agree Toy Story is a classic. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, We we discussed this last week that the franchise isn't necessarily classic as a whole. As a complete whole. I mean, it's uh, having uh, diminishing returns. Yes, but my God, this movie was incredible, even for its time. It has tons of memorable characters. I think everybody geeked out about seeing all the references because 
every single one of us had a Mr. Potato Head at some point. Or at least I assume we did. I'm so yeah. old, we actually just had a potato and you bought those parts. No, I'm not <laughs> you drew on it with markers. <laughs> but Mr. Potato Head literally was, get a potato and then use these on the potato. That's what originally Mr. Potato Head was, and everything was metal. They give you the ears and stuff, but you had to have a potato. Had to have the potato. So, when you got tired of Mr. Potato Head, you didn't want to play with it anymore. At least you can make Julian fries. Or, you know, you just pop pop them in and make potato. He already has the vent holes in them. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Mr. Potato Head, can somebody pass me the bacon bits and sour cream? <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Idaho! So what's cool about Toy Story is all the characters were, were memorable. Woody and Buzz became icons. Um, Bo Peep does get redemption later on, but she's still, she's still a good character. Of course, they had freaking Don Rickles as Mr. Potato Head, which is amazing. And he makes a hockey puck joke to a hockey puck. Of course he does, because that's the classic gag. What are you looking at, you hockey puck? Jim Varney is Slinky Dog. Ernest himself. Uh, I'm talking about more dead people. Jeez, Chris. Wallace Shawn, who he's got that super memorable voice. So you always know you always recognize him immediately. It's the Grand Negus. <laughs> I I love that he's he uh, he's the principal in a goofy movie. Yes. Was get he? him in that. But yes. Yes, he is. If you go back and watch it because I hadn't seen Goofy movie in a while. Yeah, I don't think it's uh, the 1900s. Oh, God, that's what the kids call it now. You know that, right? That's they, start what I call it. they start referring it to it as the late 1900s. I just refer to it as the 1900s, period, even if, it, even if I am talking about 1999. Yeah, I work with a kid who's 19. And he was born He was born in May 2001. And I'm like, geez, dude, you're, you did not exist in the 1990s when I freaking grew up. And that's nuts. Like, you're a turn of the century kid. And that's where we are now. Yeah, of course, Tom Hanks and Tim Allen killed their, as their roles. I think everybody agrees with that. Did you ever see the um, the I don't know if you guys were big into Home Improvement, but they did a Halloween episode in the later seasons where Jonathan Taylor Thomas answers the door and there's a kid dressed like Buzz Lightyear and a kid dressed like Simba. And he goes, a piece of candy for the spaceman and seven pieces of candy for the cute lion. <laughs> And that's one of my favorite gags they ever did. I remember hearing stories about when they were making Toy Story because it was like a five year long process. And Tom Hanks talks about it sometimes. And he's like, yeah, they were just like they'd bring me down and I'd work for a couple of hours and meet everybody and everything. And then I would disappear. And then six months later, they'd call and have me come work for a couple of hours. And, and then all of a sudden they're like, yep, that's it. We're wrapped. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, we're done? Okay, cool. <laughs> it was like a couple hours at a time every couple of months for like five years. That's nice. um, I, I love that Arlie Ermey is uh, the sergeant. Yeah. Perfect casting there. And did you all, in the original Toy Story, the Buzz Lightyear TV announcer is voiced by Penn Gillette. Which makes me very happy, too. But, of course, John Ratzenberger in Toy Story was Ham the Piggy Bank. And he's, like, the kind of the wise guy. He's he's a literal wise guy because he's a smartass and he's also intelligent. 
which is funny because for Andy, he is the baddest bad guy in all of his games he plays. Yep. And yeah, he's just a piggy bank. He's just a piggy bank. <laughs> Eric, remember the great piggy bank adventure? I do. I do remember the great piggy bank adventure. It was fun. Oh my it was God. fun. Not so much fun to work, but it was fun to play. Yeah, the but the message was game. all wrong. The message is completely wrong. <laughs> the The only thing that was uh, that's factual about that was diversification. But they even got that wrong. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, okay, okay, Mister Mister Financy Expert. Now, I, listen. I'm no expert, but that game was fucking terrible. I mean, it was fun, but it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, overall opinions of Toy Story as a movie. Great. 10 Cla- out of 10. Classic. Classic. Top tier. Amazing. Uh, I do have an issue with the, the Buzz Lightyear existential storyline, and why does he freeze when he's a toy? If he's convinced that he's not, but, you know. It's like a, it is. a deep down thing, right? Like even he can't even explain it, but he knows what to do. You know, Probably. like how, how like horse babies can walk immediately. Yeah, they just don't know how they're doing it. That's the best way to explain it. But it's classic. It's so good. And when 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 the movie was over, did you take better care of your toys? I mean, it was. I mean, I was about to be thirteen. So, so that's a no. I have <laughs> toys like that anymore? Uh, that was the age when toys became collectibles. So the answer was yes, but it had nothing to do with Toy Story. It was just that coincidental age period, right? Where like, yeah, and then we killed the collectible market because they're like, hey, if this if this uh Superman comic is worth a thousand dollars now, let's make a million copies of the new Superman, making it worth two cents. <laughs> Pretty much. The same Beanie Baby is with the same way. There's too many of them. They're not worthless. You are yep. dumb. You are dumb. Yep. Should have sold them when you had the chance. However, the Pokemon card market just skyrocketed again, and I've been waiting for a chance to sell, so I'm gonna cash in while I got a chance. Big so if anybody out there game store, baby. Yeah, if anybody out there wants Pokemon cards, you need to contact me right now. Jason Shin, if you are listening to this, this is your chance to get in touch with me because I can get some really good value for those cards that I know you want. So get your ass in gear, dude. I I got I actually have some cards specifically saved for him somewhere. And I also have a couple of cards that I specifically put aside that I'm keeping forever, a.k.a. the ancient Mew card from the Pokemon movie, because, oh, that, yeah. you know. Because that card is just amazing. You can't even play with it because it's not in English. But, but I, yes, that, see, that's the thing about like Pokemon cards that I. The reason I can't collect it is just if I am collecting cards, it's because I'm actually going to use them. There's no need for me to actually just have them to have them. So right. I would more. I would be more enticed to start collecting Yu-Gi-Oh cards again. Because at least I know I can still use that in in their format. But I can't go back to, like, first-gen Pokemon, grab 
like you know some cards or whatever and then use it in a tournament net like in, in a tournament now like it's not possible so right. i it's like eh to me all right so we got a bug's life up next uh not one that i'm particularly a huge fan of although i like the idea behind it what do you guys I, think i really like it it was fun I don't remember it. It's not as memorable as Toy Story. But I do remember watching it and enjoying it at the time. And I have—I don't think I've seen it since. I have two issues with A Bug's Life. One, the outtakes are ten times better than the movie itself. And I think that's a bad sign. Because, oh my god, the, uh, the outtakes on A Bug's Life are the funniest ones that Pixar ever did. Sadly, Pixar hasn't done enough outtakes. They need to bring that back. I always love their outtakes. Well, the, they issue, did it for like- the issue with those is they have to take an audio outtake and then make do more work. It's more work than an actual movie outtake because they have to then actually animate something. I, yeah, I know. I understand. It's just uh, it's, it's annoying because they, they were always so freaking funny. Uh, they had the best ones. And my second issue is, and this is not a Bugs Life's fault, but DreamWorks got the drop on them and released Ants, which, in my opinion, is a much better movie. Which is funny because it was definitely a cash grab and tried to, they did cut all the corners, but they got the, the A-plus cast and released it before it, right? Yeah, I mean, it's basically a Woody Allen movie, but it's still really good. And I think the overall plot is... The overall plot is better. Um, but again, that doesn't take anything away from Bugs Life. I just think in the grand scheme of Pixar movies, it doesn't hold up as well as the other ones do. Well, it doesn't almost, del- almost all the other ones have been brought back, especially the early early ones. Yeah. It has not come back. We have not seen the continuing adventures of Flick and the Circus. We have not, no. He does appear in Toy Story 2 as an outtake. I am a beautiful butterfly. Oh, Heimlich. I like Heimlich, but that was uh, the the gentleman who sadly passed away that worked for Pixar, Joe Ramp, killed in the car accident. They pay tribute to him in Cars. Yes. But this has a good cast, too. You have Dave Foley, Kevin Spacey, Julia Louise-Dreyfus is in it, Phyllis Diller's The Queen. Which is great casting. Uh, Richard Kind, who will appear in several more Pixar movies. Not John Ratzenberger's status, but he's up there. David Hyde Pierce is in it. Great role for him, too. Uh, I love Dennis Leary as the, the male ladybug. Shoot, don't bother me. So this has some good casting, too. Bonnie Hunt, of course, again, another one who's going to roll through the Pixar line. John and Brad Garrett, too, who rolled through the Pixar line. But John Ratzenberger is P.T. Flea, like P.T. Barnum. He owns the Bug Circus. We got but a, it's a super young Ashley Tisdale. Yeah. As well as the leader super. of the Blueberry Scouts. And uh, Hayden, what's her last name? Panettiere? Panettiere, yeah. When she was a kid. Oh, yeah, she's Dot. And, and of course... Carlos Alasraki <laughs> as yes. one of the grasshoppers. <laughs> of course. 
He's Spyro. Is he now? Yeah. Carlos Ellis Rocky is is uh, is Spyro the Dragon. Now I know him better as Rocco, but but that's a pretty cool credit to have. I mean, for, for for me, I was like, I didn't know who he was, and then I was watching Reno, and I was like, that guy's cool. And then you look him up, and you're like, holy shit! He's mostly a voice actor, but he's been in a couple of things. He's been in a couple of movies too. So, yeah, I like I, I like him. He's a he's a good guy. In fact, he's the new voice of Bane in a lot of the modern Batman animated stuff. Is he Bane in Harley Quinn? No, he's not Bane in Harley Quinn. I actually looked that up, but I won't be this this chair's reckoning. <laughs> I love that for Harley Quinn they went with freaking Dark Knight Rises Bane. His that voice, was my favorite part. The, Hello, the streets will run with Razzy Zazzy. <laughs> That's my favorite. Eric, have you seen the Harley Quinn cartoon? I have not. Oh, it's so good. It's it's the adult animation Batman series. And my favorite my favorite trivia piece is that Kaylee Cuoco is Harley and Lake Bell is Ivy. And when they realized they were allowed to curse, they got into an argument in the very first episode as to which one of them was going to get to say fuck more. <laughs> and they actually had a fight over it. Because when they realized they could, that's all they wanted to do. I'm impetuous. So you just kiss people at random. It's fucking brilliant. It's so funny. It's extremely entertaining. And it's got that. It, it, they kept the animation style pretty true to the old comics series, too. Like, it's a newer iteration of Harley, and they use the green ivy, but it works really well. Plus, her crew is amazing. Freaking Clayface is like a dramatic actor. It's and Alan Tudyk. <laughs> Alan Tudyk, yeah. And then King Shark. It's Ron Funches. What? Dude. Okay. Ron yeah. Funches is All King right. Shark. I'll have to see <laughs> it. Yeah, dude. You have to watch. There's only two seasons available, so if you find it, you'll be able to catch up pretty quickly. They have it on HBO Max. Yeah, it's my two, and there's only like eight episodes, so it's, you know, you can get it done in it's a good, yeah. over a weekend if you're... Yeah, if you if you feel like a binge, it's it's bingeable in like two weekends if you want to spread it out. It's so good though. It's so freaking funny. And it has an overarching storyline, but you can also watch it episode to episode and still pretty much pick up what's going on. Alan Tudyk's also Joker. <laughs> yes, and he's a good joke. He's not Hamill, but he's a damn good Joker. So he's he a does damn good Joker. Clayface and Joker? Yes, he does. Okay. Yeah, it's it's really entertaining. Yeah, so Bugs Life, I think, was a victim of timing because it's only Pixar's second attempt. They weren't going to hit the same home run as Toy Story. It came out with too much stiff competition, and it just didn't deliver the same way. But I also know that there was... Um, because Steve Jobs... And uh, John Lasseter had that feud, and that happened while this was coming out, and that that was involved with the Ants production, and I think that that... Well, that so part... yeah, Pixar is made up of 
cast-offs from Lucasfilm, uh, Apple, and Microsoft. Yes. <laughs> Just like everybody that got pissed at their bosses there all came together. Pixar is mostly Lucasfilm cast-offs. Um, so, yeah. So they, they mean, did like all the stuff for Lucasfilm, all the digital stuff for Lucasfilm for those last like 10 years before that. I guess the 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 bottom line is find people who are pissed off at like top tech companies and then make them do movies. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's just like, oh man, yeah. I really hate working at Apple. Oh, you do? Well, follow me. Do I have a <laughs> Boy, do I have an opportunity for you. So yeah. <laughs> So we're we're calling to schedule this interview today to ask you about your previous job at Apple. Oh god, I fucking hated Apple. Okay, we have no further questions. When can you start? <laughs> I mean, that's that's how we got the PlayStation, right? Is uh, all those people that were supposed to work on the 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 CD the uh, CD add-on from Sony, they they dropped the project. They're like, well, fuck, we still want to do a video game console. It so was they, even they be called the Nintendo PlayStation. The Nintendo PlayStation, yeah. Like, we still want to do this, so they did. And look what happened. Now there's five I, generations of PlayStation. Yeah, I think it's just because they already had a lot of the hardware already developed and ready to go. They did, yeah. And, yeah. oh man, I, what was it that like what was the turning point? I think it was just like Nintendo wanted the rights to the CD games, but Sony had the rights to the CD games because they were making the, uh, at the time it was like proprietary stuff for their games yeah, or whatever. So, something like that. Well, because like, I've, I've watched Nintendo a couple had, of videos. Like, the lockout chips, right? So, like, you had to have a license from Nintendo to make their games, and I'm sure they probably were trying to do that with the CDs as well. And they're like, "Yeah, it doesn't quite work that way." And they tried to fight them to make them. I think. Yeah. yeah so they, they let that, that makes the most sense to me. I don't know exactly, but that makes the most sense to me. Well. Uh, there, if there's one positive that came out of the Philips CDI, it's that at least we all know definitively what the worst Zelda games of all time are. <laughs> I mean, that's no. At least there's like no. It was made in paint by somebody worse than me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they don't look that bad, but the cartoon stuff is is garbage and the controls suck. So that's unfortunate. All right, uh, Toy Story 2. This is one of those unpopular opinions where I think that the sequel delivered more than the original did because it took the story and expanded upon it, introduced great new characters, and introduced a whole new outlook of life. On And an, it kind of expanded the universe. Like, okay, so Andy is going to grow up one day. What's going to happen then? Maybe you should become a collector's item in a museum and live forever, but you, you know, you don't want to do that. You want to be a kid's toy. I only seen it the one time in the theater, so it's been. Yes, Brian. 22 years since I've seen it. <laughs> I'll put that on your watch list, dude. You're, you're, you're watching stuff you've never seen. Get to the stuff you haven't seen in a long time. I think it's really freaking good. And I think a lot of it has to do with the, uh, the new character introductions are great. I think that Joan Cusack as Jesse is a great character. I absolutely loved Kelsey Grammer as Stinky Pete. I love Bullseye. Bullseye's a fun character. Freaking Wayne Knight is Al from Al's Toy Barn. The collector, and he's, of course, like a, a fat slob, and he's kind of an asshole. 
So, it, always, it always makes me laugh about stuff like that, right? It's like, this is the guy that runs a toy store that makes kids happy, but he, he hates kids, and he's just a big a big corporate a-hole. <clears throat> Bob Iger. Anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, around this time, this is when, like... I remember watching Toy Story, right, for the very first time, and I was around... Uh, actually, I was, I was 10 years old. And then this came out, and I was 14... So this was around that time where I, I was like, maybe I shouldn't watch any more Pixar movies type of thing, like those cartoonish movies. Uh, I was going through that phase, and then this brought it all back. I saw Toy Story 2, and I'm like, nah, I'm going to enjoy the shit out of these movies. So I'm sure you, like me, lost your shit when Emperor Zerg goes, no, Buzz, I am your father. And it cuts to Buzz just going, no, on the elevator. <laughs> yeah. So I remember everybody in the theater lost their mind. And then when he knocks him off the elevator and he just leans over and goes, father. <laughs> but I love that Buzz runs into his own Buzz Lightyear. Like his, and he realizes that they're all like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, not this again. <laughs> they have the yard sale scare they've got the the adventure through the town and oh some of those scenes are so funny like trying to uh trying to cross the street and they cause like this huge traffic accident and they're like oh that was easy <laughs> all you see is just everybody fighting in the background now now that you mention it if all the Buzz Lightyear start off the same exact way, that's like a default programming setting for them, right? Like their right. default backstory. I wonder right. what everybody else's default backstory was. I think it might be because it's like a the first of like the digital toys, right? He's like his voice box is a button. It's not a pull string. So I think maybe it's because there's a little tiny computer in him. Maybe. That's a good theory. I mean, think about it. Woody didn't know what his origin was. That's true. I mean, he finds out in Toy Story 2 that it was he was based off a TV show. But now now comes the existential question. Did he not know because his family didn't know? Because all he said was he was an old family toy, but Andy's mom didn't know where the toy came from. Right, so like, or also had to believe that she, that he was her toy originally. Well, right, maybe she knew about the show but wasn't that into it, so it, the knowledge just didn't get passed on. There's a lot of existential questions about Toy Story, but I think that's what the fact that we even want to ask the questions and have the debate means that the franchise did something right. Because if you yeah. weren't that invested into it, you wouldn't be having this conversation in the first place. Now you'd be like, well, what the hell is his story? That's dumb. Uh, I love the, the Pizza Planet truck that they carjack to to chase down, and the little aliens are on the are, are hanging from the rearview mirror. <laughs> and then, of course, they become attached to Mr. Potato Head because he saves their lives. I always really love that part. Uh, the Toy Story 2 has some really funny moments in it, and... Like, okay, so the first movie has the whole thing where Buzz finds out he's just a toy, and that's, like, a sad thing. Toy Story 2 was the first movie to up the ante. Yeah, Toy Story 2 upped the ante with Jessie's backstory, where you find out how forgotten she was and how she was the favorite, and then was just 
flat out donated. And it's just like, ah, uh, Pixar found out what they're going to be doing now because guess what they're going to do on every movie from here on out? Feel. They're going to hit you in the feels. But yeah, really good stuff. I really like Toy Story 2. Should we talk about Monsters, Inc.? Heck yeah. All right, there is no way that this inspiration didn't somewhat come from Ah Real Monsters. There's no way. I, I've especially, never seen, especially when you get to Monsters University, you're like, oh, this is straight up our real monsters. Yeah, this is the Gromble teaching them how to scare. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> so Monsters Inc. is an interesting thing that monsters in your closet exist, but they only scare you because they have to power their life. That's they why. have an, they have an entire world and society of their own. Right. And they're actually pretty nice guys. They're just doing it because it's their job. And another one with great casting, Billy Crystal and John Goodman as a duo was perfect casting, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> uh, having Jennifer Tilly as Celia was great casting, too, because she's a hysterical character. I always love Jennifer Tilly in roles, and I love how she plays a human character and the Bride of Chucky in the uh, the movie that I wasn't a fan of, but I still laughed at, and I hate that I liked it. <laughs> you ever see... Dan doesn't do horror, but Eric, did you ever see Bride of Chucky? Yeah, I've seen Bride of Chucky. I love all yeah. the child's play movies. Yeah, it's like... It's not good, but it's really funny. <laughs> So it's still enjoyable. It's it, they they went from horror to comedy horror. Is it, yeah. that's a can that be a genre comedy horror? Yes. Yeah, yeah Shaun of the Dead. Right. Yeah, and like most of Evil Dead. So. Army of Darkness. Yeah, Army of Darkness. Okay. Almost all my favorite horror movies are also comedies. God, I I love horror comedy so much. So funny, freaking uh. Uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Horror comedy is so good. But, okay, so Monsters Inc. is a pretty simple concept, right? That, like, there's. You can't touch the kid because the kid is toxic, although it turns out that, like. It's all bullshit. It's all BS. That I've Man's read. Man's trying to keep you down. I read something about somebody theorized why they actually felt that way and why they used it as a conspiracy. And I don't remember why. And I think it was to prevent them from actually kidnapping children. Was the whole thing. It's like, well, we can't we can't just like kidnap them and, and hold them hostage because that might cause more problems. And it's like, There's OK, a, well, that certainly will scare them more. But <laughs> right. I also love that the. Uh, that boo who they name is like they gave her the actual name of Mary Gibbs because that's the the voice actress's name and it was a little kid and they just followed her around playing with a tape recorder and just incorporated all of those lines into the movie which is pretty pretty easy to if you're please just say Mike Wazowski for us once Mike Wazowski right <laughs> of course you have Steve Buscemi as Randall oh uh, I can't. I, I'm actually looking forward to when we get to Monsters University because I actually really enjoyed that. 
Yeah, we'll talk about that. And I'm and looking, looking for the dichotomy between the two movies. So, so. Oh. And, yeah. then of, and then, of course, John Ratzenberger is the Yeti. And you find out that the Loch Ness Monster and the Abominable Snowman, all of them were actually monsters that got banished into the real world. And that's one of my favorite parts. That's one of my favorite parts of the lore. But this is another one that goes for the feels train. Because, of course, Sully bonds with the kid and d- uncovers the conspiracy theory. And then my favorite twist of all time was Roz. Hold on, number one wants to talk to you. Hello, boys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm watching you, Wazowski. <laughs> but when he got that Hell final up. piece to complete that door. <laughs> oh. Right in the heart. Right in the heart. You know, <laughs> you got a fun-filled evening plan, Wazowski, and I'm sure your paperwork was filed correctly. Your silence is very reassuring. <laughs> <laughs> All her lines are freaking hysterical. And that's, of course, Bob Peterson providing the voice. I love uh, I love the child detection agency and how, how fast they are to respond and how much they always over-exaggerate with everything. Or they just like we have, and then did you ever read the thing like twenty three nineteen actually translates to sock? Because it's oh, the, the yeah, it's, it's like, like the a, letters of the alphabet. Twenty three nineteen. Oh my god. There's actually like it. it, can, it there's actually like an at translation to it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, the whole thing is uh, is very clever, <laughs> very cleverly done. And then my one of my absolute favorite parts is. Uh, when they discover that laughter is more powerful, so Mike becomes the, the comedian, and he goes to the kid's room and tries to do a stand-up routine. The kid just doesn't understand any of it. I remember dodgeball. I mean, I was all over the place, and I was zipping and zapping all, all over the place, and that I was the best. Of course, I was the ball, though. It's just like the best joke ever, and the kid doesn't sell it. It's like, son of a bitch. All right, here's a burp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's... That's how kids would get uh, would get those jokes anyway. Exactly. That's that's kind of what makes it funnier, though. That is exactly how a kid would react to a joke like that. All right. So, Monsters Inc. is very good. I think we can all agree on that. Indeed. Yeah. So far, the only questionable one was uh, Bugs Life. So, well, it only gets better from here because here comes Finding Nemo. Yep. The movie the movie where the water was so realistic that they actually had to turn it down because people didn't believe it was computer animated water. The what they that this was when Pixar's technology got so good that people com- they were like you have to turn the water down and make it look computer animated because no one's going to believe that you didn't actually animate that. Like son of a bitch. We're too good at this now. It's like my favorite trivia piece. Can you imagine your boss going up to you and be like, this is too good. Fuck it up a little bit. <laughs> and then walks away. <laughs> I would just be like, what the fuck? What, what does that f- even mean? What? what? I, I don't understand. <laughs> You're approaching the uncanny valley. Stop. <laughs> so everybody talks about Ellen DeGeneres as Dory, right? Yeah. And I think it's she's a brilliant character. But we cannot pass up how good Albert Brooks is as Marlon. Oh, obviously. Other than Kelsey Grammer, Albert Brooks 
Well, Kelsey Grammer, Albert Brooks is in the top five recurring Simpsons guest stars. Because he's one of the first guest voices they ever got, and then when he actually came back, he played Hank Scorpio, the best one-off character The Simpsons ever did, other than Frank Grimes. Eric, I don't know how much you follow Simpsons lore, but I don't know if you've ever seen that, but they do an episode in the eighth season where Homer goes to work for a supervillain. He just doesn't realize it's a supervillain. It's a guy who's just really, really good to his employees. He just happens to be a supervillain. I did see that episode. It yeah, and Hank Scorpio, fantastic. and it's Al- Albert Brooks as... <laughs> Homer, you're going to motivate them. episode, man. Such a good episode. It really is. It is one of the best of all time. The best is when he's he's interrogating the James Bond agent. He's got like the laser and everything, and Homer's just in the background trying to get a soda out of the vending machine. <laughs> and he accidentally tackles him. <laughs> yeah, stop him! He's supposed to die. Homer tackles him. He's like, "Good job, Homer. When you get home, there's going to be an extra story on your house." <laughs> Would you expect me to talk, Scorpio? No, I expect you to die and it to be a very cheap funeral. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's, and he has to go back home, but he gives him the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I wanted the Dallas Cowboys. I think owning the Broncos is pretty good. Oh, Marge, you just don't understand football. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, great casting here because you have Albert Brooks and Ellen DeGeneres who have, just like Billy Crystal and John Goodman, this is another great duo. They have excellent chemistry. They work so well off of each other. They're polar opposite personalities and characters, which is why it works so much. And the whole thing is like, no, my dad's terrified. He would never come and save me even after this happened. But now it turns out he fought the entire ocean and everything he was ever scared of to save his son. And it's like such a sweet, cute little message. Also, to he touched the butt. He touched the butt. He touched the butt. <laughs> and then all the tank gang is friggin' hysterical, too. They got perfect casting. Defoe, in that. D- Defoe? Jeez, dude. Willem Defoe, yeah. Defoe will do anything, and he will be the best part of it. <laughs> I know. Oh, the Snyder Cut. I'm like, oh my god, that's Willem Defoe. <laughs> He's this fucking cheesy-ass, like, w- court wizard, and you're like, he is the best. <laughs> well, he's got he's got perpetual Gary Busey face. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and he just uses that to his advantage. You have any idea how much I sacrificed? <laughs> Here came the goblin to take the spider out. Uh, he's so good in everything. The whole tank gang is great, too, especially where they're all revealing where they're from. Oh, he's from the ocean. Oh, he hasn't been cleaned yet. <laughs> And then, of course, I love that the dentist is like the worst dentist ever. He's like, he accidentally rips the tooth out of the guy's mouth. He goes, oh, that's one way to extract the tooth. A prime minister. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, son of a bitch. Mine. One of my favorite in-jokes in any Pixar movie might be the seagulls. Mine. Yeah. Dude, dude. the Nemo attraction at Disney has all the seagulls outside. And then every now and again, they'll all just start going nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I have to tell uh, you the story of like um, the the day that they broke, and it was nonstop. That's it didn't stop. I just said mine nonstop. Yeah, <laughs> but it, it was it wasn't the one just going mine. It was the um, the track where they're fighting over. So they're all saying mine at the same time, and it stayed that way for like 
two fucking hours. <laughs> well, if the alternative is turning them off or letting them go, I mean, I, I guess they made the right decision, right? Yeah. Well, they were trying to turn them off, to be to be honest. But they like every time they turn something off, it would either be like the lights in the queue or something like that. So they were like, ah, let's not fuck with it. <laughs> There's even a good fart joke in this movie. There's a great fart joke in this movie. There's also a, a really good penis joke in this movie. <laughs> See this tentacle? It's actually shorter than my other tentacles, but you can't tell. It's like, oh, okay. Well, there it is. And then, of course, uh, John Ratzenberger is the school of moonfish that they all form the, uh, the little, uh, they all form whatever pictures they want. You've got a stoner turtle. What's up, dude? Crush. Oh, my God. Crush. Turtle talk with Crush is awesome, by the way. I want to talk to the little dude in the red shell up here. Yeah, so, Dan, they have this interactive in the in the seas at Epcot where you can talk to Crush. And they've got an actor behind the screen doing the voice. And yeah. the little digital crush will actually, like, talk to the kids. And every time he's, like, little kid in the front row, he's like, uh, that little dude in the red shell right there? So they go to the kid in the red shirt. He's like, how old are you, crush? I'm 150, dude, and still young. Thanks for the question, little dude. Like, he'll actually answer the questions, though. It's really funny. It's worth watching at least once if you're there. They don't ask you any questions because you're too fucking old. They only go for the kids, but... Oh, uh, yeah, great movie. Um, they get in as many fish jokes as possible from anglerfish in the deep to sharks as vegetarians going on feeding frenzies because they smelled the blood. Yeah, because they're doing AA meetings about... Yep. For, for the fish are friends, not food. Uh, the, the difference between the ocean versus the fish tank, like, there's... They get a lot of great jokes in. It's a good story. It has great emotional moments. It's got a great character development watching Dory and Marlon both evolve over the, the course of the film. It's really good. I don't think anybody would disagree. So this is where I was because this came out when I was in high school. So I was kind of out of seeing these movies in theater. And I remember out of school at this point. <clears throat> Specifically, all the girls in the yearbook class, because this came out at the uh, this came out on May 30th. Right. So like. And the school year ended like two weeks later. Yeah. So all and I was the only guy in the yearbook class. So all the girls were constantly talking about how they liked they loved Finding Nemo and they wanted to see it again. So once I was like safely out of high school and could I was just like, I'm going to go to the to Blockbuster and rent Finding Nemo. And I did. And I was like, this is fucking great. I saw it at summer camp outdoors, but I was recently sick. So one of my ears was completely clogged. So I couldn't hear out of one of my ears. <laughs> this was one of my uh, graduation movies. So as soon as I graduated from high school, we went to go see this. So good, right? Like P. Sherman. P. Sherman 42. Wall Wallaby way. Sydney. Uh, Sydney, Sydney, it, we're in Sydney. I love, <laughs> I love that they're they're freaking making the ones the pelican choke, and nobody wants to help him. They're just like, ah, oh, here he goes again. <laughs> so you know he's like the problem child in that group. Oh, it's so good. All right, 
we could do an entire episode on the Incredibles and how oh, great Brad it is. Bird's son was Squirt. That's cool. Yes, Brad Bird's son was Squirt, and one of the kids one of one of one of Nemo's friends is Joe Rant's son, and the other one is the kid from Malcolm in the Middle. I am H two O intolerant. I'm obnoxious. <laughs> So we could do an entire episode on why The Incredibles is fantastic, and I think we should. Uh, incredible. But I'll kind of just sum it up as this. It, it's really hard nowadays to do a new type of superhero movie. So I really like the idea of like, OK, superheroes are now a problem. They have to live incognito. And will they ever make a comeback and now we've got somebody who wants them to make a comeback but he wants to do it out of profit and he's doing it because he has a grudge yes let's uh yeah this is uh, this is all a because movie. Craig T. Nelson wasn't delicate with him telling, just outright told him that he was a useless kid <laughs> yeah freaking Craig T. Nelson freaking coach freaking coach Holly Hunter. Uh, I think I love Samuel L. Jackson as Lucius, as Frozone. That freaking, that whole scene with where's my super suit, that's legendary now. With greater good, I'm your greatest good. <laughs> City's in danger, my evening's in danger. <laughs> oh, that, that is one of the best scenes in any movie, period, not just Pixar. Like, that whole scene is friggin' hysterical. Jason Lee as Syndrome. Uh, what perfect casting there. And you guys all know how much I love Jason Lee. Because yeah. I love me some all rats and I love me some, well, ah, Brody over Banky. <clears throat> but I don't think anybody would disagree with that. But yeah, the whole thing is great. There's so many like superhero questions and answers to it. Like he doesn't kill the assistant. He has nothing to lose and it still proves he's got a heart kind of thing. Every, when everybody's super, no one will be. There's so much to unpack in it. Gotta love it. Yeah. Any, uh, any any other thoughts? Because I'd like to do a whole episode on The Incredibles. So, is there I any mean, other thoughts we can get in? Um, well, we'll 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 save it. We'll save it for okay. the Incredibles one. No capes. No capes. No capes. Edna, love Edna, and John Rassenberger is the Underminer. <laughs> so we we do get him in that and role. And he does make a return. He does. All right. So let's talk about cars. Because okay. I like the first Cars movie. It, it is, is very good. It's good. It's got a good lesson to it. It's it's a good redemption story, you know. This guy's an egotistical hotshot, and now he's forced to learn. He's forced. He's kind of forced to grow, and he does, and he does it in a good way. My only problem with Cars is that it became too much of a cash grab, kind of like Frozen. So I don't think the, that the original Cars movie gets the respect it probably should get as a direct result of the fact that, you know, Lightning McQueen and Mater were everywhere. 
Let's be honest. Was Larry the Cable Guy really going anywhere before this came out? All he really had was a stand-up. It's not like he's made any other good movies. I mean, so, he was a he was a top stand-up at the time. I think he probably would have been fine with that, but he wouldn't. I think, yeah, but stream Yeah, I think he was intelligent enough to only perform so much, where he reached his peak and then he just fucking vanished. Basically. And I know he still does stand up, but he's not. He he, the the blue collar guys, and I love all four blue collar guys. Yeah, but their t- unfortunately their time in the spotlight is done, and that's what's kind of unfortunate. But I'll yeah. tell you what, those mid aughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know who survived? Jeff Dunham. Yes, he did, and I've seen him live, and he's friggin' hysterical. He's great live. If you ever get a chance, I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. We laughed our asses off. He came to Hershey P- PA, or uh, Hershey Pa, as uh, Bubba said. That's the redneck puppet, right? I, I can't remember, because he's not really Bubba my favorite. Jay. Bubba J, yeah. He's not really my favorite, but yeah, he goes, he goes hey, it's great to be here in Hershey Pa. Uh, Bubba, that's Pennsylvania. Oh, well, I think you spelled it wrong. You're missing like four or five letters there. <laughs> and I always, and I always love how they would always throw in as many jokes as possible. Like when Walter's talking about Jose Jalapeno, he's like, he's just a jalapeno on a stick dipped in Hershey's chocolate. <laughs> but we got we got the whole we got the lineup with they he brought in the new guy because he always tries to experiment with new puppets. Most of them don't really go anywhere, but we got Walter. We got Bubba J. We got Peanut. And then, of course, we got Ahmed was the was the main event. And because it was a New Year's Eve show, we had uh, Ahmed singing Christmas carols. And then they did a Q&A oh, from the audience. Yes, he did a Q&A from the audience, which was brilliant. That's when I got shot in the ass by the U.S. military. So good. Do a whole we should do a whole episode on stand up comedy. Easily. Oh, God. I love stand-up comedy. All right, There'd so be... Owen Wilson. Oh, yeah, go wow. ahead, go ahead. I don't want to change the subject. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, if we do stand-up comedy, there we'd have to break it up into, like, fucking three episodes almost because there's different genres of stand-up comedy that I absolutely loved. Like, the moment we, we start on George Carlin, George Carlin would probably be its own podcast. Because that's one of the genres. It's just George Carlin. Yeah, George Carlin is just that. That's that's it. He's his own genre. (laughs) Gotta love it. So, uh, I one of the things I've heard is that this movie helped reinvigorate Owen Wilson. I believe he was kind of suicidal at the time, and this did a lot for him in a positive role. So I'm really happy that that worked out for him. I think I thought he was brilliant as Lightning McQueen. That was a good, good choice as an actor. Paul Newman's final role was Doc Hudson, and I thought he did a great job. I love the casting for all the the towns cars. Like Tony Shalhoub is Luigi, and then they brought back Cheech Marin, who's already been in a Disney movie before because he was one of the hyenas in The Lion King. That was a great choice. Of course, George Carlin. We just talked about him as the Volkswagen bus. <laughs> it's a conspiracy, man. The government's trying to hold us back from this organic fuel. 
Or when he when they're saluting the flag in the morning, he starts playing the Hendrix version. Turn off that hippie crap. Oh, come on, man. This is Hendrix. <laughs> and I love that they brought in all the uh, the real drivers to play characters. Richard Petty plays his own car because that he's a Plymouth Superbird. And that's actually Richard Petty's Plymouth Superbird with with the Richard Petty colors. They had Dale Earnhardt Jr. as himself. As Jr. <laughs> at Mario Andretti as himself. The announcers were Bob Costas and Daryl Waltrip. So you've got yeah. the NASCAR color guy and you've got the sports play-by-play guy. <laughs> Which I thought was really freaking brilliant. Daryl Cartrip, I think. Daryl Cartrip, yeah. They have the uh, the Magliozzi brothers. Uh, Mag Magliozzi, that's it. They the radio duo, so they made that the sponsor. So they got a ton of. They even had Richard Petty's actual wife as Play his wife, the, King, yeah. the king's wife. Yeah, they did did it a great job with that too. Jay Leno makes a cameo as himself as Jay Limo, and John Ratzenberger is the Mack truck that drives Lightning McQueen around. He's the big truck that drives him cross country. It's a good movie. It's a good sto- it's a good story and it's it's got really good character growth. And anybody who's ever watched a NASCAR race can appreciate all of the little jokes and jabs yeah. that were thrown in there. <laughs> boogity boogity boogity. Let's go race. The of board. course they had to throw that in there. Ton of a bitch. <laughs> I remember seeing this around the time when Talladega Nights came out cuz that there was like that NASCAR kick and I was and I always loved that uh Dale, Dale Jr and Daryl Waltrip appeared in both. So you know there's a, there's a difference between the US and the UK version of this movie? Is there? Yes, because Harv is Jeremy Piven in the United States version because he's doing the Ari Gold thing. But in the right. UK, it's Jeremy Clarkson. Oh my god, Top Gear guy? Top Gear. That's awesome. That's awesome. That makes me happy. Oh, they even had Michael Schumacher as himself. Yes. As one of his own Ferraris. Yeah, so this is a good one for for anybody who's a fan of racing or cars. And then, again, we talked about the uh, the great outtake where John Ratzenberger calls out all the Pixar movies for casting the same voice actor. Oh, yeah, the, 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 those credits sequences of them watching the different Pixar yeah. movies, but car-related, great. It's great stuff. Monster, Monster Trucks, Inc., Toy car story. You are a toy car. You are a sad, strange little wagon, but you have my pity. (laughs) (laughs) I also love that Volkswagen Beetles are the bugs in the game. Of course. Uh, Heather, if you're listening to this, I know you love your your VW bug. So I hope you appreciated that joke. (laughs) I hope you appreciated that joke. That that's such a great reference. So many clever stuff. And I love that they get Richard Kind and uh, what's her name? Uh, Edie, Edie McClurg come back as the uh, the tourists that get lost. They appear in so many things now, too. Yeah, Cars is Cars is definitely um, underrated, underappreciated because of the cash grab and franchising ability behind it. I, I suggest people watch that with with fresh eyes. Don't let the other two Cars movies distract you from the fact that the first one is fantastic. The third one, I think, is actually pretty decent. We'll get to that. Uh, so have you guys seen Ratatouille? Watched it yesterday. <laughs> Did you like it? 
Yeah. It's you, good. Have you, yeah, you, yeah. It's, it's one of the, it's one of the, it's one of the ones that's kind of in danger of being forgotten. And I know that Epcot's doing more with it now in their French section. That makes me really happy. Well, they tried that Remy's ride through the kitchen thing as a ride and it backfired, right? Yeah. So it didn't really work out the way they wanted. But they do a great job with this movie. And I think it works out really, really well. Is it called Ratatouille? It's kind of like Rat and Patootie. Rat Patootie. Uh, did, you, did you ever see the original commercials for the film where they, when they put Ratatouille on the screen, they actually put a pronunciation of how to say it? Because they knew that was going to throw people off. But it's also clever because it's a gourmet dish and it's also about rats. And the whole idea is that anyone can cook. Anyone can cook. As, Bre- as French Brad Garrett tells us. <clears throat> but... This is another one with great casting. Patton Oswalt is Remy the Rat. And I love Patton Oswalt. He's so funny in everything he's in. I've seen him live, and he's hysterical. He's got, he's got that dry sense of humor that I really appreciate it. Um, the, the, the bad guy is Ian Holm. The late, great Ian Holm. Yep. As Chef Skinner. That's freaking Brian Dennehy as the... Uh, the father of the rats, the rat brothers. Uh, let's see who else is it. Peter O'Toole is Anton Ego. What a great freaking uh, actor he was too. When did he pass away? That had to be recently, right? Uh, Twenty thirteen, not that recently, but it's recent to us because we're fucking old as shit. It was almost <laughs> ten years ago, but here we are. Like, oh, that was recent. To be fair, we are missing a year. <laughs> there's, there's a year that just didn't happen. So, and of course, we mentioned Brad Garrett. Janine Giroffalo is Colette. And then, of course, they have Will Arnett in roles, too. John Ratzenberger, of course, is the uh, the actual waiter. And I like how all the chefs have a backstory, but a bunch of them don't want to get into it. Well, what's his story? He fought in the war. Well, which country? He won't say. Apparently, they didn't win. Oh, yeah, he was in the resistance, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, and he, he did time. We don't know what. When he claim, one, he changes it every time. One time, he claims he killed somebody with this thumb. <laughs> <laughs> with this thumb, and he, like, puts it up to the camera? And there's a part where he threatens somebody, he threatens him at one point, and all he does is just extends his thumb. <laughs> yep. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's good. It's really good. Oh, there's another one. Different version in the UK. Jimmy Oliver is the health inspector. In oh, that's good casting. That's good casting. That's fun. Yeah, it's a good movie. It uh, and I love the uh the the article at the end is like so perfect, where he's like he write he writes his article and it's like this, it's like the ultimate moment of clarity. And then the next time you see him, he's actually fat because he's starting to enjoy food again. And of course, this came out in 2007 at the uh, this isn't the peak of my immaturity sense of humor, but I was still in that period where he's just like, if I don't love it, I don't swallow. And I'm like, that's funny to me. (laughs) Why isn't anybody else laughing? Oh, it's fucking hilarious. I'm laughing. He's talking about (laughs) blowjobs. Great movie. Very, uh. 
very underrated and underappreciated. And I, I also wife, thought it was realistic because they were like, "Oh yeah, I don't know, <laughs> this place Gusto's got shut down hard." <laughs> yeah. We well, had of to course. let them go eventually. They're going to tell everybody that there was a thousand rats in that kitchen. <laughs> and he opened up his own place. But it's okay. They have a nice little bistro, him and Colette, and then they also have the special section for the rats up top. It's cool. It's really good. Which is also very uh, Rescuers, where there's the little rat restaurant in the chandelier of the fancy restaurant. Oh, yeah, too. And that's... Yeah, just like the rescuers, there's a whole thing. Like there's a there's the rat society, and then there's a human society, and now they come together. It's good. All right. Well, we already mentioned Wally, so we don't have to talk about that. But John, I already mentioned John Ratzenberger. We we agreed that we liked it. Yep. Uh, let's talk about Up. Let's not. <laughs> not no. That's a that's a do we have to as in. I don't want to revisit those memories because it's so painful. <laughs> All right. So once Pixar figured out they could make us cry, this is where they double down on it. They're like, uh, we will do it in 10 minutes with minimal dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. We're doing it live. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Why? Why? I remember watching the- it. And thinking to myself, can I pause a movie theater? I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> they did what they needed to do to Jeez, make make this happen. And <sighs> so here's my opinion of Up. And Katie, don't hate me for this because I know this 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 movie is your thing. The the beginning of the movie is one of some of Pixar's absolute best work. The rest of the movie is okay. It's almost a different movie once. Yeah. Once the uh, once they land the first time, it's a different movie from. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good, but it it's not blow away good for me. The first part is the rest of it is just it is kind of is what it is. So don't hate me for that. But. I love the Carl and Ellie love story, and I'm glad it got... I think they did a great job with it. I love Ed Asner as this grumpy old man. John Ratzenberger, of course, is the construction worker. He's like, you going to sell your house? No, but they're going to they're gonna come after it. Let them come. I, I like the Russell character. I think he's funny. I think Doug is brilliant. I was hiding under your porch because I love you. Because <laughs> that's exactly how a dog that could talk would talk. Christopher Plummer is Charles Muntz, and he does a freaking great job in that role, too. I mean, it's a good because like, I was like, so is there a villain in this movie? And then they gave me a villain. <laughs> and yeah, it's a uh, this was done with a, a decently minimal cast and it works, right? Uh, and so the most the most heart wrenching moment is towards the end where he's in the house again and he actually turns the page in the book and sees that she has thought of their time, their years together as her life's adventure. And that is Dan, Dan does have a soul. Dan does. Family have. shit gets to me, so 
So we all went through that period of time, right? Or like you never wanted to admit that you cried during the movie. And now that we're all older, we're like, oh, fuck. Yeah, I cried. Huge tears. Oh, have you know, I only cried twice during that. <laughs> I only cried twice during the first 10 minutes of up. Oh, OK. Well, ain't you a well, bad ass. Got a bad ass over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, uh, it was you cry, Eric. <laughs> me. I never I always cry. <laughs> Every time I, I watch up, I'm like, uh, I mean, if you cry the entire hour and 33 minutes, that's only one time, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Hey, that's I only that's cried what I once. <laughs> that was it's just it was just for two hours. <laughs> so I justified that. I justified that for Shannon when she cried through like the entire second half of Deathly Hollows Part Two, and I'm like, well, to be fair, you only cried once. It's just that once you started, you didn't stop. There's only a. Now that I'm looking at all this, there's only a total of three Pixar movies that oh, that made me tear up. I've I've always gotten the feels. But, like, actually made me tear up. There's only three. Uh, well, let's talk about one that did it for me. Because that's the next one on the list. It's also let's... the next one on the list, yeah. Yeah. It's Toy Story 3. Everybody cried during Toy Story 3. Everybody. But, okay, so the thing is, everybody always talks about they cried when they were about to die in the shredder. I'm like, that didn't make me cry. What made me cry was when Andy gave up Woody. And then Woody said goodbye. I'm like, that's where it hit me. That's when the tears started flowing. No, the 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 the, the uh, incinerator part didn't make me cry because I knew that they were going to get out of it. There was no way that was going to be the end of the movie. Anybody who knows I, anything about movies knows we're not ending it here. You listen, that would have been the perfect place to end it. <laughs> then there wouldn't be a number four. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but like, <laughs> but really though. I know this is going to sound morbid as fuck. Imagine that's where it ended. They got incinerated. And Lasso was right the whole time? You son of a bitch. (laughs) Think, like, because if we're, we're, we're now on Toy Story 3, think of our progression, right? I was 10 years old when Toy Story came out. I was 14 years old when Toy Story 2 came out. And I'm 25 when Toy Story 3 comes out. Now, given the shit that I've learned in my life, would it not make sense for those toys to be completely fucking destroyed? Completely ending my childhood right then and there. I know I'm 25, but that shit would have made me grow up real quick. (laughs) That's one way to look at it. <laughs> Sick way to look at it, but that's one way to look at it. Bastard. So what I absolutely love about Toy Story 3 is that it's the perfect send-off to what should happen to toys and how they can actually become immortal in a way. If you're not going to a museum to be on display, you can absolutely just... Can just trap go to a daycare center and basically be there forever until you get so damaged that you're that you are done and or lo- your original owner passes you on to another kid which is exactly what happened and uh, ned betty it was lots of freaking 
Uh, Michael Keaton's back. He was Chick Hicks in Cars. Now he's the Ken doll. Oh, he's uh, stupid as fuck, Ken doll. <laughs> I freaking loved. I freaking love that. I love <laughs> Timothy Dalton as Mister Pricklepants. We yeah. talked about that. We talked about that last week, though. When we talked about the the characters, Christian Shaw, Jeff Garland's back, Bonnie Hunt's the lead toy, and then there's some other good casting too. Whoopi Goldberg makes an appearance again. We we bring back another hyena, and now we have Laurie Metcalf and Laurie Allen as the moms, which I appreciated that. And I like That's some of the other for them to give a, a, a good spot to a, a normal voice actor for once yeah <laughs> uh but they did they did such a great job with uh with, with toy story 3 that i was i was mad when i heard they were making a fourth one because there there was a perfect send-off because then after that they did like the little short stories and specials and i was like that's the perfect way to continue these the story of these characters is that's how they should be doing it now. And it's like, nah, we need another movie. We got it. We got to really end the story. Uh, no, you don't. We have one more feel to dig up for you. Yeah, but it's good. It's it's basically a prison escape movie. And it worked. I've, I very much enjoyed Toy Story 3. Yeah, because again, like Eric said, that was I'm a year older than Eric. So that was that age where I was finally I was no longer ashamed to cry during movies. And I was like, you son of a bitch. And then I saw Toy Story 3. I'm like, all right, well. You were the creepy adult that was there by yourself. No, I was there with my no, wife no, no. and she cried. Listen, Toy Story 3 wasn't filled with kids. If you went to an actual Toy Story 3 like theater and looked around, it was just a bunch of like 25 to 35 year olds. Yeah. Like there was yeah, there were a lot of adults any kids in there. Yeah. It, it, Cause we came there for us. Fuck them kids. <laughs> I looked at her after the Andy scene. I looked over at her. I saw her cheeks were all wet and she just goes, shut up. <laughs> all right, let's do it. Let's talk about cars too. Okay. Uh, I haven't seen all the Pixar movies, but this is probably the worst one. So I absolutely hated it in the first scenes. I was like, you know what? They could have done a spy movie with a different thing and not sort of it being cars. But by about halfway through the movie, I was super into it. It's not actually a bad movie. It's just bad as the... uh comparison of Pixar because there's no emotional parts... There's a decent twist, but it's not a great twist. And then there's a it's it's basically a a Mater spy movie. It's an action movie. And one of the complaints that I'd heard from people was that there wasn't enough racing in it. But I actually like that they tried something different, because what if it had worked and what if it had been brilliant? You know what I mean? I think they could have made two different movies that were instead of this one. Sure. I, but, I feel like the main bad guy in this movie is actually Disney for that cash grab. <laughs> <laughs> I'll agree with that. But Michael Caine, fucking fantastic. Ah, uh, Michael Caine's so good. So good. Joe Montaigne is one of the henchmen. Yeah. Uh, freaking Bruce Campbell is the American spy car. <laughs> Yeah, and that's such a. I remember you messaged me. This is how I knew you were watching Cars too. You messaged me. You're like, "That's Bruce Campbell, isn't it?" 
You're damn right it is. Eddie Izzard. Oh, uh, oh yeah, Totoro have... as Francesco. Yep. Mm. Tasty. <laughs> Jason Isaacs is in it. Yeah, they do. The, the, the voice casting is pretty good. There's a, the, the stereotypes are funny, where they're in Japan and they're in the UK and everything. Like, why is everybody driving on the wrong side of the road? Oh, and they, like, they changed it up. Brent Musburger was in there as Brent Mustang. Mustang Burger. Jeff Gordon was Jeff Gorvet. So they got they got some funny they got some funny some funny things out of it. I love when they when they break they go into the Scottish pub and interrupt the drinks and they get the crap kicked out of them. I thought that was hysterical. Oh, here's a difference. The Queen slash Mama Topiano is played by Sophia Loren in the Italian version. Well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> And Vanessa Redgrave in our version. In our version, yes. So yeah, I think they did a good job with it. I I enjoyed yeah, it for it what was, it was. I really, I really did not like it for the first chunk, and then, yeah, around halfway, I think around when they have the big meet and Mater's in there, uh, it, in disguise as the other tow truck. That was about when I was into it, and I was like super into it that, by that point. And I will say this: I really like the the uh, the cover of the car song that Weezer does. So I'll, I'll give him some credit there. I don't uh, remember. Cars too, again, or I the mean, song? Both. They did. Uh, yeah. You might think the the. Um, the you car might song think might I'm think. crazy. Yeah, when they're when they're flying to Tokyo for the first time, Weezer does a cover of the classic song, and it's really good. So yeah, uh, good good stuff. All right, this is how I knew that Dan was watching Brave, because he te- he messaged me and goes, "Merida done fucked up." <laughs> so I knew you were watching Brave. All right, so opinions on Brave. You have not seen it, okay? Uh, Dan, what'd you think? You watched it fresh. I enjoyed it, and it actually went in a different direction than I expected. Yeah, it it does go in a completely. Because I I thought it was going to go kind of stereotypical where something would happen and she would have to do everything by herself. Do, you know, a, a, an insurmountable task like Mulan style. Right. But it went in a completely different direction and I kind of liked it. But it was also similar to another Disney film. Uh, yes, also about bears. <laughs> yeah. It's a... Uh, okay, Eric, have you ever seen Brother Bear? Nope. Okay, well, then this reference will be lost on you. But... <laughs> Okay, so basically, so what works about Brave, and I've I've noticed this a lot. So I like this movie, but I wouldn't necessarily put it in a top tier category because it doesn't like. You know what? You know what I find movie? is, if the main characters are actual humans, it's not as good of a movie for Pixar. Sure, but I like the um, I like the idea behind it. I like the culture. I love anything Scottish. I have I have a little bit of Scottish blood, so I can appreciate that. And uh, the the big thing for me with that I uh, that I really enjoyed was just the fact that the uh, the casting's perfect, the movie looks good. Billy Connolly as the king, holy yeah. fuck, dude! 
Emma Thompson and Billy Connolly are the king and queen, which is great. And then the three lords are freaking Robbie Coltrane, Craig Ferguson, and Kevin McKidd. Yep. So that made me very happy. And of course, Craig Ferguson is the one that looks like he's straight out of Braveheart. <laughs> Lord McIntosh. <laughs> Robbie Coltrane was the short, fat one. You know, because Hagrid. And then Kevin McKidd was the guy with the huge beard. Yeah. He looks like he's got pigtails. <laughs> but it's it's good. Here's the thing, though. It's a good movie for us. John Ratzenberger's The Guard. I just saw that real quick. Because I we haven't been really mentioning him, but we didn't have to for the last couple because a lot of them were sequels. Um, he was just the, the character he was before. <laughs> Brave is a movie that, kind of like Frozen, I've noticed people that really went nuts over Frozen were, pe- were girls who have sisters. Because there's a very relatable thing there that us, we as guys, aren't going to be able to appreciate as strongly. This is very much a mother-daughter movie. Oh, yeah. And I've noticed the people who really love Brave are girls who have relationships with their moms in in either a positive or even a strenuous way. And that's how they relate to it. So, that for that much, I can appreciate also, Julie Walters in this movie, R.I.P. Ah, oh, yes. <clears throat> she plays the witch. Julie Walters is the witch. Uh, Julie Walters is still alive. Oh. oh, yes. Were you thinking of somebody else? Yeah. Possibly Jessica Walters. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fair enough. But yes, uh, yes, Julie Walters is still alive. Of course, my favorite Julie Walters character is Molly, Molly Weasley. Uh, I think you mean Dame Julie Walters. You're the one who said Julie Walters first. I know. Yeah. Okay. so, Eric, I'd recommend you watch it, but just just understand you might not get as much out of it as you. You might not get as much out of it as Rebecca might. Pretend we'll it that way. Girl. Pretend I mean, girl. I, I, I agree. That's the whole reason I didn't go to see it. It wasn't, uh, you know, I'm not their target audience for that movie. So my, my, my one coworker at my last job had seen it. And when he came back, he's like, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. And then for the rest of the day, all he did was randomly just spat out. If you could change your fit, <laughs> would you just kept found that out throughout the day? It, 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 you know, and it comes to the point where they're having dinner and they're like, your father used to tell you something. And I was like, oh, I know what this is about. <laughs> I recommend it. She's okay. a princess. She's a princess. What do you think she needs to do? Yep. She's got to do something. What, what do you think that is, Eric? Have them babies. Yep. She has to marry a prince, doesn't she? Uh, well, you know. <laughs> all right monsters university the uh I, I wasn't sure how i was gonna feel about a prequel to monsters inc but then i saw it and i'm like this was fun this was really i really i really enjoyed this one. they did they did a really good job with this we got everybody back and then we get the um oh the, the great new characters the uh the fraternity brothers of course sean hayes oh, and nathan, nathan fillion 
Nathan Fillion is the asshole frat boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alfred Molina is the professor. Helen Mirren is the dean. Charlie Day. Enough said about Charlie Day, because anything Charlie Day does is freaking brilliant. And then, of course, the um, the uh, the, frater- the fraternity guys who run it, freaking Bobby Moynihan and Aubrey Plaza, yeah. are, are actually running it. It's so good. John Krasinski is the, uh, the, the scarer who sees them on the field trip. Oh, it's so good. They do such a great job with it, and they tell... They tell an, an easy story, right? Here's how Mike and Sully met. They went to they went to school to become good scarers. Randall was a nice guy until he had the first opportunity to be a dick, and he took it. Yeah, because he he was he was a nerd who got picked on, and he wanted to he wanted to fit in, so he went and joined the fraternity. I'm Once not going to forget that Sullivan. He got his uh, he got his yeah. So when Sully got kicked out, he had his opportunity, and he turned heel. It's really, really well done. The only reason Monsters University... Okay, so Monsters University compared to other Pixar movies isn't going to be top tier because it doesn't do anything daring. It doesn't do anything emotional, blah, blah, blah. But if you watch it as a standalone movie, it's really good. Don't sleep on Monsters University. No. This was this was definitely a cash grab, but I can respect it. Mm-hmm. Because it did a good job. Because it did a good job. Correct. Heck, they could just let Billy Crystal on there. Yeah. Record him for a weekend and make a movie. (laughs) I love uh, Bobby Moynihan in the fraternity. You're my hero, Johnny. (laughs) Just screaming. You're my freaking hero. Hey, take it easy on Grandpa. Hey, thanks for taking it easy on old grandpa there. I'm going to go back to school and work the computers. And I'm like, oh, this is perfect. I love that all of his hair is bat shaped. (laughs) (laughs) I love that their fraternity house is like is like the kid's house and his mom. Mom's house. Yeah. Mom does like the laundry for them and everything. And they're having like the initiation thing. It's like, oh, what are you boys doing? Come on, mom. It's good. It's fun. So up to this point, Pixar was really good about being like, what if robots had feelings? What if toys had feelings? What if cars had feelings? Now they just they went balls in and just said, what if feelings had feelings? (laughs) Feelings had feelings. Oh, my God. That we get inside out. Inside out is probably one of the most underrated Pixar movies, in my opinion. This is one of their best. They did their best. They did their absolute. They did some great work here, and I mean, just look at who they got as the the main cast. Amy Poehler is joy. Phyllis Smith is sadness. Lewis <laughs> <Lewis> Black is <laughs> anger, which perfect, which might be fucking the, perfect. <laughs> Bill Hader is fear, and then Mindy Kaling is disgust. And I I can't stress how great of a cast that is. My favorite is, ah, oh, we can use that curse word that we know. And then when they get the, uh, when John Ratzenberger shows up and installs the teenager system, he's like, oh, yeah, that, yeah that's your puberty. And you're like, oh, my God. Look at all the curse words we know now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. 
Of course, I, I love uh, the honest trailer for it, where it's like, oh, don't worry, kids. <laughs> you don't have to be in control of all your feelings. It's just little people doing it for you. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's such a terrible message. But the movie's so good. And just when you're just like, how are they going to kill us on the feel section on this one? They give us Bing Bong. Oh, my God. Bing Bong. And then that- there's like- the the really think about it killing you is the when you get the insight to the parents and and anger is in control of the dad and sadness is in control of the mom and you're like oh my son of a bitch i think my favorite one though is at the end when you get to see the the cat and the dog's emotions (laughs) (laughs) and that's the most relatable thing ever because that's exactly how my cats would be also flea is a voice in this movie (laughs) He's one of the worker cops. Yeah. This movie deserves so much appreciation. It's so good. It's it's insanely good. Like, I I was blown away at what a great job they did with this. Pl- if you have not seen this, please go see it. Watch Inside Out. It, but be prepared. This one is this one will wreck you, a la Toy Story three. I mean, this one is entirely about feelings. They're completely on front street about it. <laughs> yeah. This will wreck you. This this Toy Story 3 wrecked me. Um, I'm surprised they haven't made or announced any other versions of it, because this is a series that they could do a million of. <laughs> but that's also one of those things. Do we want that? I, I would like to see her during puberty and then her maybe as an adult and maybe her as going through menopause I think they could do probably they could probably do four good movies as opposed to Toy Story who made like two and a half (laughs) all right so because I know we're uh, we're going to start running short on time with this episode, doing just Pixar stuff, and we have a few more things to talk about. Uh, I will just say it now. I have not seen The Good Dinosaur, so I cannot comment on it. Same. Watched it last night. Seen it. Saw it last and, night. And your thoughts, Dan? Uh, super sad. And I think it's kind of cool. And then it okay. gets sad again. This is Better? the first Pixar movie. I'll tell you this Better than what? Better than Cars 2? I mean, it just depends how you feel. I don't think... <laughs> I think I like Cars 2 more. Uh, this is the first Pixar movie, as far as I know, that outright kills a parent. There's not an already dead parent. The parent dies during the movie. Uh, Finding Nemo killed a parent. But do we see it straight up happen? Oh, oh you mean an on-screen murder? Yeah, we're talking happens during the movie in the movie oof okay i have to see this because i just i just read that sam elliott's in it so yes there is uh and it also it went the other direction than i expected because you you look at the picture you see a little cave boy and a uh you know brontosaurus style not it's not a brontosaurus i think i think it's uh, whatever um and a dinosaur, and I fi- I figured it was about getting the human child 
somewhere. And Absolutely. You're right. It's an apatosaur, which is commonly mistakenly called a brontosaur. Brontosaur is actually yeah, not an like, official term. No, you're correct. So you got it. I was like, it's that style of a... Also, it gives this interesting idea for dinosaurs that the uh, vegetable eaters, like, literally farmed. <laughs> okay. Like, That's... they plant corn. <laughs> I like that. Okay, because I saw a dinosaur when I did my watch of all the animated movies, and that is so bottom tier it's not even funny so i'm very leery about more dinosaur stuff but this is pixar and i want to trust them and i have heard i've heard good dinosaur only goes two ways people either really enjoyed it or it's like super bottom tier here hey and if you don't like it it's one of the short ones it's like an hour 33 which means it's only like an hour and 20 before so okay good 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 (laughs) all right we got uh, there's still two more on this list that that Toy Story three wrecked me, uh, but Finding Dory was not one of them. Although I did enjoy it, that is one of the ones I have not seen yet. So I'll probably watch okay. it tomorrow. <laughs> so okay, so Eric, have you seen this? Which one? Finding Dory. Finding Dory. Yes, I have. Okay, so Dan, to kind of sum it up, basically, uh, I remember. I know that it's like Dory suddenly remembers she has a family and they're gonna go find her. They're going to find Dory's family, right? I'm going to so, bump up my cry tier to four instead of three because I forgot about finding Dory. Uh, this one, did this one get you? This one got me. <laughs> uh, this did not get me, but I I know why it got you. I won't say it because I don't want to spoil it for Dan, but I, I know where it got you. Yeah. So, I was like, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> yep. Okay, so real quick, uh, good casting here. Ed O'Neill as the octopus is really good. As Hank. I, I think Hank is a great character. Um, I love having the... Uh, I, I love some of the new characters that they introduced, although they're not they're not great. The uh, Dory's parents are voiced by Eugene Levy and Diane Keaton, which is amazing. <laughs> like, that's, that's great casting there. Awesome. <laughs> Idris Elba is one of the sea lions, and there's a great sea lion joke that's as good as the... As good as the seagull joke. Well, no, I, I can't say as good, but it's they go in that direction and it's funny. Uh, Sigourney Weaver plays herself, which, which is makes fantastic, me, which is great. And the the original kid who voiced Nemo is the delivery driver for the truck because he's grown up now, so they bring him in, so he can still do another voice, and I friggin' love that. Uh, John, even though this is a sequel, John Ratzenberger plays a different character. He's Bill the Crab. You'll know him when you hear him. <clears throat> and uh, uh, so I won't give anything away, but I will say this. As with Cars 2, sometimes the sidekick character is not the best idea to base your movie on. But this one works. Because Dory does, Dory does a really, really good job here. That and she's like, like, so important to the story as well. In the first one, that yeah. she doesn't feel like a side character. She just well, yeah. Like if she wasn't in the first character. one, then it's it's over. It's over if Dory wasn't in that movie, right? Yeah, right. You can't watch Finding Dory before like before Finding Nemo and and have it make sense you need to watch that in order yeah i I agree 
but it's good. It's got and it's got a really good feel good feel good moment and this may or may not wreck you. It it didn't for me, but it did for Eric, so we'll have it, to see where Dan falls on that one. Do you know why it wrecked me? Because I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it at home and I did the mistake of watching Finding Nemo right before watching Finding Dory. And because of the way things happen, it leads you right back to Finding Nemo. Yes, Do you know what it I does. mean? It's, yep. It was the infinite loop got me. I know it's not an infinite loop, but I'm just saying, like, the fact that the way things happened, it was well thought out. Like, bravo. <laughs> bravo for having a back to the future moment. Ah, <laughs> uh, but it's so it's so good. It's so yeah. Good. It, so th- this one may or may not wreck you. <laughs> We shall see. <clears throat> All right. So Cars 3. Have we seen it? Yep. Saw it on Saturday. So it is. I think so. Eric? I I don't know. This is around that time I probably was drinking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Cars 3 is the sequel that Cars deserved because it's the natural progression. What happens when the, uh, the hotshot rookie is now the veteran and now it's his, his time has come? Right, that's what the idea is. Okay, so I, have- I also I also like the idea that like at the beginning it's like, hey, like Lightning McQueen, he's won a bunch of championships, and there's these two other guys that he has a friendly rivalry with for all these years. One of them wins almost every race. One of them has won the championship every year, and it's kind of like how it began, where there was the three of them, right? But one of them was just right. a dick the whole time, right? Exactly. So I thought that was kind of cool. And then it comes into, there's these new cars that are better than you. And correct me if I'm wrong, but is Chick Hicks the the only Pixar villain to actually get a redemption angle? Uh, I mean, mean, because he hasn't been the villain. He was kind of a villain. I I guess Cars villain is Lightning McQueen. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. It's true. The villain is himself overcoming his own selfishness, right? Yeah. Uh, but but I like I like where they went with this one because they do other car jokes that you don't consider, like the demolition derby, to incorporate that, and I love that scene so much. Um, I've only seen this movie once, so I don't have the best memories of it because it didn't like. It didn't necessarily leave a lasting impression like the first one did or even the second one did. But I think it's better than the second one. And I think it's a, it's a worthy sequel. But I still think the first Cars is the best. Yeah, first is best. This is definitely an actual progression. Um, it's the it, natural it, evolution, kind of like Toy Story. Here's <laughs> the kids. OK, the kids growing up. What happens now? Yeah. And this is you're no longer it's time for you to step back. What are you going to do? Are you going to go away or are you going to be like you were helped out? Or are you going to help out the next person? Right. So it's good in that respect. And hopefully he doesn't die immediately. After. <laughs> so in my, in my uh, tournaments group that I think you guys are part of, uh, we're doing the Pixar movie battle Royal where every day we vote out a movie 
So people are supposed to vote for their least favorite one. And Cars 3 actually got eliminated first out of all 23 movies. And I remember people were just like incensed by that. We're like, how did that? How was this not Cars 2? Why was it Cars 3? Hey, Cars 2 got eliminated the next day, but people were still mad about that. And I'm like, I, I guess some people really hated Cars 3 the most. I've never seen Cars 3, but I've seen, uh, uh, I've seen Cars 2, and I still think that Cars 2 is worse. Yeah, there you go. I'm just <laughs> being the only person that votes for Toy Story 4, so... <laughs> Not anymore. Now that we've eliminated, we've eliminated some things, uh, I, I've seen that Toy Story 4 is now getting more votes, so... Alright, so... The next movie is one that emotionally wrecked me, and that was Coco not seen it yet so i have not seen it either okay so i let's talk about this once you guys have seen it fair enough trust me because i I can't i will see it tomorrow (laughs) it's very good it will wreck you this one wrecked me toy story 3 inside out and coco are three of the four that fucking wrecked me wrecked me I know it's like a Mexican Day of the Dead. Uh, Day of the Dead, yeah. So yeah, the kid the kid travels to the to the land of the dead, and uh and Dan, you'll appreciate this because El Santo's in it. <laughs> El Santo. He's, he's one of the celebrities at the party. One of the famous Mexican celebrities. <laughs> uh, this one's got a good twist. This one's got a, a good scummy scumbag person. It's got some. It's got an incredible song. Uh, the animation looks amazing. It's got some more existential questions that make you question a lot of things. And uh, and that ending, well, not not the ending of the movie, but the, but what leads to the ending is a fucking emotional nightmare where they actually hit you. Oh, yeah. So be prepared for that. Uh, should we just agree to save Incredibles 2 for an entire Incredibles episode? I mean, we talked about it. We uh, did, yeah. So We've covered Toy Story 4, so we don't have to cover that a second time. And real quick, I'll just say this now. I have not seen the newest one, Soul. Have either of you? No. I, I haven't seen Onward. I have. Okay. I, well, all right, so you can, you can talk about it real quick. Uh, but let's talk about Onward so we can just do it in order, and then we'll move on because we're running, we're running super long on this one. Uh... Onward emotionally wrecked me. Yep, that's the last one. I know one. what it's about, so like, I haven't yeah. seen it, but I know what it's about. It's like the the two brothers try to bring their father back to life. And Yep. Yeah. And, okay, so, like, I knew there was going to be an emotional point based on that plot line alone, but I didn't know what the emotional point was going to be, and it wasn't what I was expecting, and that made it worse because it was way sadder than I thought it was going to be. And Eric knows exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, that wrecked me. I remember I walked downstairs after watching it because I watched it by myself. My wife's like, so was it good? And I'm like, yeah, it was really good. She goes, did it do did it do the Pixar thing? And I'm like, yes, yes, it did. Uh, but yeah, uh, Tom Holland and Chris Pratt are perfect as the leads absolutely freaking perfect (laughs) so please see this one it's good it's so good and you'll find john ratzenberger pretty easy in this one all right so eric tell us about soul 
Uh, you know what? I kind of, without spoiling it, is going to be kind of hard, but it's about finding your place or, or your purpose in the world. And right. it gives you, it gives you feels. Um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. I, I recommend it. I recommend it. It's a, it's a good, it's better than Cars 2. <laughs> um, uh, so it was my last colonoscopy. <laughs> I would recommend it. So the, the thing <clears throat> with, with Soul is that it's not, there's no like, um, I'm trying to think of like deep moment really in the movie, but it, it's all about like self-reflection and what you think is important to you. Um, may not be the same. It's kind of hard to explain. You really have to watch it. It it, it is pretty okay. good. Okay. Did it wreck you in any way? I mean, no. There's no wrecking point <clears throat> there. But it, okay, there is feels. It does give you feels. But there's no like, damn it! I should have brought some, you know, tissue paper with me. Yeah, so, like, feels for me is Jesse's story, uh, Boo and Sully saying goodbye, uh, yes. stuff like that. The wrecking moment was Toy Story 3, uh, freaking Inside Out. So, if, if, if there's feels, but I'm not going to get wrecked, I'm more on board. Yeah. Because I have because I, I didn't know if Onward was going to do that to me so i tried to prepare for it and i was not prepared <laughs> you felt and safe onward, until the end you felt safe until the end that was it's a the good thing. adventure movie and it's funny and then it just it gets to the end you're like no don't do what you're about to do no you're doing it you're doing it why did you do that god damn it i'm like you sons of bitches but it's good. All right. Our Pixar appreciation segment has come to an end. Maybe a real quick thing. Luca coming in June is mm. about a little Italian boys that are secretly sea monsters. Oh, that could go either way. All right. So Eric has not seen Godzilla versus Kong, but I'd like to quickly just express my thoughts without giving away any, uh, any spoilers here. Cause I know Dan had seen it before I did. First off, the monster scenes were great. I really enjoyed the fighting. I really liked the that they brought back the Hollow Earth theory from the previous movie and made it a thing. And I liked some of that stuff. And then there were the dumb parts. The, uh, the human storylines that are necessary but sometimes are too much had some dumb parts. Uh... And uh, and then the uh, the weapon was kind of like, eh. and the one thing I wanted out of all of these monster movies that I still haven't gotten is my favorite part of old school monster movies is always the attack scene, the actual city destruction scene where the monster is destroying landmarks and people are screaming and all that. And none of these Godzilla movies had that. Or they teased you really bad with it, and then I mean, they, took they it destroyed away. Fenway Park. So that was good. Oh, that was the king of the monsters. That's a legendary <laughs> ballpark. 
Yeah, but it's in Boston, so fuck it. All right. Um, yeah, Matt Sulo, that's for you, bitch. So I knew there was going... I, I had a feeling about the twist at the end. I didn't predict what the the redacted was going to be. But I also know whenever there's a versus thing, I'm like, I know it's not going to end with the way I think... the. It's it can't end the way they're acting like it's going to end. There has to be something that makes it. Oh, yep, there it is. So I didn't hate it. No, I thought I thought you had guessed <laughs> it last week because you mentioned it last week, and I was like, oh shit, he nailed it. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess I'm still not going to say it for spoiler purposes, but because I want Eric to enjoy it. Yeah, but the actual fighting scenes were pretty freaking cool and. And I didn't hate the ending. I just don't really know where they're going to go from here because this really isn't a spoiler, but at the beginning of the movie, they pretty much say that every other Titan's dead. So. Yeah, essentially, I think it's the end of the MonsterVerse. I I guess so, but we'll see. We shall see. Um, I have a new Vince McMahon story to share with you guys. I learned something new about the most interesting man on the planet listening to a podcast the other day, and I have to share the story because I bet not even Dan knows this one. So we all know that Vince McMahon is an eccentric billionaire and he's got a lot of quirks, right? So the podcast I listened to, a guy wrote in who used to work at the American Airlines arena and he worked there for like eight years. So, of course, whenever WWE would come there, they would give him the rider of what they needed to take care of and everything. And Vince McMahon had two requests that really stuck out that that blew everybody's minds about this. One of them was that he didn't want to be around any mirrors. Wherever they set up his office, there couldn't be any mirrors in there. And I'm trying to figure out why that is. I mean, he can't be a vampire, right? Because he wouldn't be appearing in the mirror anyway. Because he can't want to see that stupid stubble on his face. So I don't really get that one. But then the funniest thing I have ever heard. And this made me laugh. This made me openly laugh out loud in my car. Like, like belly laugh out loud. So Vince McMahon has a, I don't know if you call it suspicion or a conspiracy theory or a quirk or just a bat sit, bat shit insane thought that... <laughs> So his car has to be parked away from other cars because he's convinced that if two cars park near each other, they can communicate with one another. He watched cars. Holy shit. (laughs) I just don't understand. Because when they said that, the guy guy on the show goes, Vince has a garage with more than one car parked in it. So I don't understand that at all. That's wow. I don't get it. Wow. And then my favorite thing was he's like, oh, yeah. So uh, one time, one time Vince McMahon was trying to back out of his out of his garage. Right. He was by himself, was like going to lunch or whatever. He was trying to back out of his garage and he hit the button to for the door to come up and wasn't paying attention through the car in reverse and crashed into the door because it never actually opened. So what does Vince McMahon do now that he just hit the door of his car? He gets mad, floors it, and drives through the door. <laughs> of course. That's exactly how you'd handle that. Wow. He's just a giant uh, man child. <laughs> yes. 
So I have news for it. Before we get to Falcon and Winter Soldier, I have news for the two of you. Uh, one will excite Dan and one will excite Eric. So, Dan, Lucha Underground is coming back. It's coming back. Uh, there is potential plans that Lucha Underground will be returning. And I'll, I'll tell you the exact story that uh, that broke off of this. So let me actually pull up the post here because I have to cover all this freaking uh, all these uh, ridiculous messages that people send me all the friggin' time. So let's see. Posts from Lucha Underground. Blah, 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 blah. Came from a dirt sheet source. Dirt sheet radio. I know that like dirt sheets and wrestling are these uh, these news sites that may not always be accurate. But here's the story. The parent company of Lucha Underground, which is Lucha Libre FMV, applied for trademarks to Lucha Underground for a downloadable television series featuring wrestling and for non-downloadable television series featuring wrestling and citing first usage in 2014. The idea for the project is to get together as much of the original team from on-air talent to creative talent as possible. So the parent company is actually attempting to do something with this. Well, Does that mean able to get the MLW people, but they're not getting the AEW <laughs> to come back? Uh, well, you know what? Because I mean, unless the, unless people left on bad terms with some of those with some of those people, let's not forget the fact that uh, Tony Khan is very open to working with other promotions, as evidenced with New Japan and Impact. So why not Lucha Underground? So I don't know. I guess we shall see, right? I mean, yeah, we're not getting Corno, we're not getting Johnny Mundo, we're not getting Killshot. No. <clears throat> well, we might get Mat- uh, Matanza's dead. We're not getting Matanza. Matanza's oh, dead? Yeah. I, yeah, Matanza Cueto. He's killed by Jake Strong in the postscript of the last season. Remember? Oh, okay, yeah, but... He, like, ripped his heart out and took the medallion. Or well, I'm not convinced anybody dies on Lucha Underground. Everyone dies on Lucha Underground. So, Eric, you would you would enjoy this. It's a wrestling show that's shot like an actual film with multiple camera angles. Uh, it's got dramatic storylines. It's got some actually... It's actually got the best acting in all of wrestling, which is not necessarily a compliment. Robert it's Rodriguez a- is a major part of it. So. Yes. And, uh... It, it's shot in a very gritty film noir style. And at first, the, the the first plot was like, we built this temple so fighters could come from all over the world to fight and make money. And now it, then it evolved into these ancient Aztec war, ancient Aztec cultures are real. And they're really this guy really does have supernatural powers. And it's good. All right. It's so what will, what will excite Eric? I mean, it sounds like something I would watch, so I'll give it a shot. Well, there's four seasons of it available. You can actually watch it and see what it used to be, so. But is the old stuff good? Am I going to enjoy it? I think it's good. I mean, I it's one of those things that I think, uh, that I, I think you could show a non-wrestling fan and get them to be to be interested in. In my opinion. I mean, I'll have to give it a shot then. So, um, 
basically it's 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 a story driven wrestling show. Yes. Yeah, basically. Okay. It's got an arcing storyline. It's got twists. It has murder and deception and resurrection and and they book it like the the girls and guys are on equal ground. So there's no there's no like uh yeah there there's no um what's it called there's there's no like gender differences in anything. It's good. I recommend it. And then here's the news that will excite you, Eric. Club Cool is coming back. What? Yup. They're bringing back Club Cool. Where are they putting it? Uh, okay. Let me find the actual story here. And then since we need to wrap up is pretty this soon. This is Disney news. This is my Disney news. Okay. Oh, come on. You know this is good Disney news. Okay. So according to, uh, according to Chip and Company... Disney has confirmed that Club Cool will be returning to Epcot this summer. It'll be adjacent to the Creation Shop. It'll be revitalized. And it will have new stuff. And, of course, it'll probably have Beverly. In fact, that was the... Yeah. And that... Dude, so when when I took my buddy Joey Image there, because he's a full-blooded Italian, and I brought him to the soda thing, I didn't even warn him, because I knew he was going to go right for the Beverly, because he saw the Italian soda, and he drank it. He's like, this is fucking awful! I'm like, yup, because you can't... Because he what? You you can't... Because he can't stay away from anything Italian. (laughs) And I knew he was going to fall for it. Even Wikipedia has it listed as a very bitter, non-alcoholic aperitif. It's terrible. It is absolutely terrible. But all the other sodas are good. So, <laughs> all right, let's discuss the Power Broker episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This was episode three. We'll cover it quickly. Dan, go ahead and take us through. Uh, we start with a really cool escape of them breaking out Zemo. Uh, yes. With uh, yeah, uh, Falcon does not know about it. He finds out that they actually did it when he walks up to him. <laughs> Yep, that's the best part. And they say, we gotta go to Madripoor, which is one of the rare, completely made-up areas in Marvel Comics, which is heavily, heavily mutant-based in their universe. This is a real big, hey, there's probably mutants around. Maybe they'll be showing up soon. Because it is essentially what they say. It's like a semi-lawless area. It used to be a haven for um, pirates and stuff, and now it's modernized. Nice, fancy-looking city, uh, but it still keeps most of its pirate roots of you can do all your illegal stuff until you start killing people, then we have to start cracking down. Essentially. I know it was... I know it's it's referenced in the X-Men, so that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's heavily because it's a lot of mutants that are running away from places where they're illegal or would be taken away or whatever. They end up in Madripoor and they, you know, end up doing usually. Okay, so what else happens? So they have to try to find what's going on with the super soldiers here and why is there suddenly new super soldiers? So they have to go find the power broker to find out what happened. So we get 
Bucky going full evil because he has to for the cover. There's the funny cover story where he's the where uh, with the Falcon as the African guy or whatever. The pimp, and he has to, <laughs> he has to drink the alcohol with like an actual poison gland from a snake. <laughs> As far because that's what the guy's normal order is at that bar. S- somebody who we don't know kills the power broker's like left hand person, right hand person. We still don't know who it is. They run away through the undercity, and Sharon Carter saves them. She's been in Madripoor because she still hasn't been cleared since Civil War, and she's become kind of a fancy crime person herself. Mm-hmm. They do a thing to find a person that would know where the guy is. And then they go to the docks with a whole bunch of the containers. And there's a great scene where the guys are inside talking to the talking to the, the guy that makes that's been making the new version of the serum. Meanwhile, Sharon's fighting like a million guys outside. Super awesome. It's really good. And then they get all their information. Zemo shoots the guy. Of course he does, because... Yeah, because <laughs> he's Zemo. <laughs> <laughs> and so then they end up in a big chase around as there's more guys coming after them. Zemo gets away from them, puts on the mask, and just kills everyone, like, in two seconds. <laughs> I thought he was going to oh, escape. That Zemo is rich. That I love when they get in the car. You're not going to move the seat up, are you? Yep. And <laughs> so they they have to go back to Merka. Um, and Sharon's like, "Well, you better get me that pardon." Meanwhile, also during the part, the uh, the the lady that's leading the bad guys uh, does some stuff. She goes what her right hand man thinks is too far, and this is where she's either going to start losing everybody or everyone's going to go start going too far because it's it's that classic thing where the bad guy goes too far for all their underlings, and they either fight back or at that point nothing is too far from then on. Yeah, that did catch me off. Like I, I like that moment because she blows up the building with all the people in it. And the guy's like, what? But there was people in there. And she's like, there's nothing in this war. And you're like, "Uh Oh, and I was like, Oh, I recognize that. Either they're going to turn on her or there will be no line (laughs) for them from now on. What will they do? There's three episodes left. Yeah, it was a good episode. Like I really enjoyed the breakout scene um i i think it's nine to one at this place you get two of them to start fighting they'll do a lockdown and if you do this as well then it's like a hundred to one <laughs> so it's all about making the numbers oh so great it just proves you can never lock up bucky <laughs> nope <laughs> So good. All right. I think that wraps it up, right? Uh, Well, I mean, 
you, you kind of missed something very important at the end. Cameo? Yeah. Yeah? Because that's kind we of talk- an important scene. Talk- Do we want to talk about it? Oh, okay. Well, right as they're about to, like, go into their, I, I guess, like, hotel type of thing... Bucky goes, you know, uh, I need some fresh air. I'm going to take a walk. And uh, he picks up this little device. At first, I was like, what the hell's that? And then he picks up another one, and he's following it. And then it wasn't until the second one that I realized, uh-oh. Uh, you know, I I, I really, really wish we, we could have had Chadwick in this, man. We could have. They didn't no. even use the Corey. They used the other one, the one that was the of the Dora Milaje first before the movie. Yeah. The one that's like, I'll kill you if you step on him. Which, of course, everyone, Okoye, uh, of course, uh, trended, and everyone had to be like, half of the people had to be like, it wasn't Okoye, you racist. <laughs> it was. <laughs> What's her name? I don't remember. Ayo. I don't remember Ayo. her name. I-O. A-Y-O. A-Y-O. Uh, yeah. A-Y-O. Yeah. yeah. So. so, yeah, there's that. So I wonder what's going to happen there. Now there's a whole lot of, like, clearly, you know, she wants to kill him or kill Zemo, not not Bucky. Um, but yeah, they need him. I don't know they what's going to happen, man. So- I. Because he might be a right. agent of Wakanda now because of the pay, paying back for what they did for him, right? Because he's now free of his brainwashing and he has vibranium arm now. <laughs> yeah, he kind of still he kind of owes them. Yeah. Well, we're halfway through now, so. Yep, living on a prayer. We'll see what happens, and then uh, did you guys see the Loki trailer? Yes, I did. Oh, uh, I, I can't. Not. Wait, it looks amazing. It's unfortunately we're gonna have to wait like a month and a half before between shows this time, not one week where there was nothing. It's gonna be like a month and a half with nothing. I prefer it that way. I prefer it that way because if it's too much too soon, you get used to it, and then yeah, a little bit of wait, a little bit of patience. Exactly. This is I mean, how it's I, would... not gonna, I mean, it's going to be better. It's going to be better than the uh, wait until November or December for Hawkeye. <laughs> That's going to be a yeah. wait for Hawkeye. <laughs> true. True. So, well, I don't know about you guys. This but has been... I'm, I'm getting kind of hungry. <laughs> yeah, this has been fun. This has been a nice long episode. I hope people enjoyed our uh, our Pixar breakdown uh, coming up. Now, so people are going to ask, where have the games gone? I have not been getting a lot of feedback on continuing the game. So here's what you guys need to do. If you liked playing the game and you want to keep doing it, I need to know that you want me to keep posting games. But if nobody's going to continue to be positively reacting to them, then I'm not going to continue to do that as a segment. That's just it, right? Like, we're, we want to do stuff for you guys. We want to interact with you guys. And as far as interactions go... I want to start doing feedback on previous episodes. So 
After you guys listen to this episode, if you'd like to leave some comments on it, wherever you can leave those comments, you can do it on the Podbean page itself, or you can do it on Facebook or Twitter. Leave comments and feedback. You can ask questions. You can make comments and things like that that we can respond to, and we can do that on the next episode. So we can always do, like, a follow-up. For example, um, as uh, our friend Matt Hardman at the Race Nerd Podcast had some follow-up comments from from last week, he believes that Toy Story 4 was more lighthearted than 3 and that the ending was a great way to wrap up the series. He said the good dinosaur was okay. Definitely more lighthearted. <laughs> Uh, he said the good dinosaur was okay, but lacked the heart of the more successful Pixar films. And he feels that Cars 2 was bad, even more of a cash grab than the plain spinoff films, which I'm not even going to talk about it. And that not even the racing cameos got him to enjoy it. So if you guys want to leave some feedback, we are more than happy to comment on that stuff. Until then, enjoy your movies, enjoy your shows, enjoy Falcon and Winter Soldier. Enjoy wrestling. WrestleMania is coming up this week after. Actually, as you guys hear this, night one of WrestleMania will have already been completed. And I like the idea of doing two two smaller shows instead of one big one because it's easier to watch. And enjoy soda if you're into the Club Cool deal. So, you know. Enjoy life. Enjoy being nerds. And enjoy us. Give us that feedback. Gentlemen, any parting words? Or should I just click the end button right now and end it? Oh, I should have done that. That would have been funny. <laughs> I can cut it. I'll cut it right there. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Any any, any closing words, gentlemen? Um, be excellent to one another. We'll see you next okay. week. Thank you, Bill. Any, Dan? Party on, Wayne. You guys went, you guys went for good directions. All right. uh, Have a wonderful day, everybody. And Expelliarmus is a terrible spell. Bye. For more great content like this, be sure to check out CKCC Radio and subscribe to never miss an episode.